Kinnick Under the Kitchen authentic original player art prints are being drawn up for Hawkeye fans everywhere. From Under the Kitchen's Murray Legacy print, which features former Hawkeye Kenyon Murray, current Hawkeye Chris Murray, and current Sacramento King Keegan Murray, to football players Lucas Van Ness, Tori Taylor, and Cooper DeGean, to wrestlers Tony Cassiope, Alex Marinelli, and Real Woods. Oh, and only one of the greatest athletes to ever compete at Iowa, Spencer Lee. There are so many options available and they make great gifts. Visit Under the Kitchen on Facebook or at Under the Kitchen's new website. It's underthekitchen.square.site. That's underthekitchen.square.site. Check out Under the Kitchen today and get your authentic, original Hawkeye print. Guess we've got to update that uh, video because Chris Murray no longer... An Iowa Hawkeye, Portland Trailblazer now. So we'll have to get with Randy and uh, update that ad. Do want to let everybody know, appreciate Under the Kitchen sponsoring the show this evening. If you have uh, not been made aware, they will be. Randy will be at uh, Fry Fest this week on Friday. So be sure to check out the booth, the Under the Kitchen booth. They've been with us. He's been with us for, what, coming up on a well over a year now. So uh, be sure to support our sponsors, including Randy and... Uh, Speaking of support, somebody that Iowa fans should want to support, Mr. Brad Heinrichs, part of the Iowa Swarm, the Swarm Collective, I should say. Brad, how you doing, sir? Doing great. Good to see you. Week one. Can you believe we're, we're back? Is this feel... I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so fired up. Do you get the... Like, I said this to Mark Rogers the other day in our, our weekly Tuesday show. Like, to me, whenever I get to this point week one, it feels like the offseason takes forever to get here. And then once you get here... It feels like it's not really here. Do you still get that way, or am I just like in a fantasy uh, land? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think there's some of that. Um, I can tell you that I've never been more invested than I am right now. Uh, I've been a Hawkeye fan since the '90s when I went to school there, and and uh, you know I haven't missed many games since then. But now I'm like really invested. I and I think we're going to be pretty good. So uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So what this time of the year, Brad, I mean, I'm just curious from your perspective, someone who's so involved with the NIL world and recruiting and whatnot. And obviously you're not just involved with the football side of things, but also men's basketball, women's basketball and recruiting never stops regardless of sport. Is this a slower time of year for the collective? And I mean, obviously, I know there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just helping on the recruiting side of things. But how would you how would you quantify Besides it's, your everyday, it's, it, your- it, it's actually pretty. Yeah, my, my my real life job. Um, it's actually pretty busy because we're actively fundraising to try to figure out how much money we can allocate to these kids, or as far as like what kind of opportunities we can give these kids in the collective. Um, we're we're planning all of our tailgates. We're planning all of these events for these kids to 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 be able to make money this fall. Um, if there's a slow time, it's it's probably in the summer. Um, the you know, there's you know the kids aren't on in you know on campus or they're um, you know I say they're not on campus. School is not in. Um, you know so so we've been fundraising, we've been planning, um, and uh, it's 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 a pretty busy. This is actually a pretty busy time, and just trying to figure trying to budget, trying to figure out okay how are we gonna how are we going to make this go in year two? Um, how much bigger are we going to be? How much more can we promise? Um, you know, what kinds of incentives can we, can we give? What sorts of 
corporate partnerships can we can we strike deals with um, to try to raise more money for these kids and the local charities? So it's yeah, it's, we're we're pretty busy right now. And, and you, of course, are a, an Iowa alum, and you love your Hawks. I know you yes. told me before we jumped on here, you're as pumped as you've ever been, not only because you're invested, but because I know from our past conversations, you have a lot of, you have high hopes for this team specifically. I know I you do. have a personal relationship with QB1, Cade McNamara. Um, I, I'm not asking you to divulge any more than what Kirk and Cade were willing to divulge on Tuesday, but uh, given your last conversations with Cade, you anticipate he'll be out there Saturday? Yeah, I would, I would bet so. Um, he's, he's one heck of a competitor. He's a leader. He wants to set the tone. Um, in practice yesterday, I think he felt fairly good. Um, I, I don't know about today. Uh, no idea. Um, but I think everything's pointing towards him playing on Saturday. Uh, you know, obviously if the, if the trainers, doctors say, we don't think it's a good idea. Um, my hunch is that Kirk would say, you know, <laughs> if the doctors don't should say you shouldn't play, you probably shouldn't play kid, you know, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, if it's, if it's up to Cade, I mean, he seems like such a competitor that I just would be very surprised if, you know, he held himself out. Um, we'll see, but I, I, that just doesn't strike me. Everything I know about the kid, he's just dying to get out there. Um, so uh, you know, I would expect to see him now, if we do really well, you know, could I see him get the early hook and, and, and turn it over just at a precautionary on a precautionary basis. I can see that, you know, if we've got the game in hand, I, I certainly see, um, Deacon coming in and, and taking over at halftime or, or whenever the, the game is firmly in hand. Um, but I, you know, if he's not, I'll, I'll tell you this, if, if he's not starting, um, I'll be more surprised than I will be if he is starting. And I said it during a little preview that I cut here this week for the channel, Brad. They they need to get him out. I mean, he should not be playing four full full quarters. If with all due respect to Utah State, that's a good head coach and Blake Anderson, good program. I know they were actually finished pretty high in their conference last year, despite the six and seven overall record. But this is a Utah State team that Iowa should be able to build at least a lead by the fourth quarter to where they're comfortable bringing in Deacon or Joe. Um, because, again, uh, I'm no advocate for uh, holding Cade out. I've heard some people speculate, ah, hold him out before week two. He's here to play. He got 12 games. That's knowing, like you said, him as a competitor, he wants to play. Um, I'm all for him playing as long as he's not at grave risk of re-injuring that quad. I guess yeah. my big thing is just try to get him out when you can and hey get get guys like deacon hill experience deacon's never played in a game uh so you got got to get him experience at some point because we don't know what the road holds for for Cade mcnamara and this team as of right now it looks like deacon is qb2 i'm curious before i forget to because as most people know on this show a lot of uh what we do is unscripted so before i forget this brad let me ask you this question so sure get your take on the betting situation first of all but in addition to that, in addition to that, I have a question for you, and you answer it how you can. How does the situation with Noah Shannon being suspended for the year, assuming that suspension is upheld, how does that, if it does, affect at all 
any NIL deals that Noah was a part of for this season, or does it affect those NIL deals? Great question. Um, not one that I was expe- very insightful. Not one I was expecting. Um, you know, the, the 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 contract that we have the student athletes sign, um, and just so you know, we th- these student athletes have to sign every contract, and the and the contract um, has some language in. I don't have it in front of me, but there's language in there that suggests that you have to be in good standing um, in order to. Um, you know, in order to be able to participate in the NIL activities and, um, you know, being suspended by the NCAA for, I guess it's 12 games, it seems as if at least that's what, that's the the, the update I think we all have. I don't know if it's 12 games or the season. I don't know if that's been defined. Is it the season? Okay. Right. I didn't know if that, I don't know if that had been defined, whether it was 12 or what it was the whole season or what, but um, hopefully 12 does not equal the season. Um but but you know I think the answer is that I, I don't foresee him participating in any NIL activities. Um, you know at this point now if they appeal, which I would bet that they will. I, you know that's up to them. But if they have, I don't know what there is to lose in appealing. But if they if they appeal um, and the suspension is cut short, then then once that suspension is over, then he can participate. But I would not expect him to be participating or anybody else that might be suspended to participate in any NIL activities while they're suspended. If that makes any sense. It does. I just want to make sure I'm clear on the logistics of this. Explain to, and we've had so many conversations about uh, NIL and the swarm and how everything operates. And again, you, you answer what you can here, I guess, Brad, but yeah. a, a student, let's just go theoretical. And I'm not saying this is exactly what happened with Noah, but let's just theoretically look at a situation. You've got a, a guy who is, has got some opportunities in front of him. He's deciding whether he wants to forego his final year of eligibility for the NFL draft to pursue other opportunities or he can come back. And part of the incentive now for a lot of these athletes is the potential to make money via NIL, which was not there five, 10 years ago, at least not above board. So I guess my question is when a deal is struck or it is presented to an athlete that, hey, if you come back, this is at your disposal, which I think based on our conversation, that's kind of the gist of of how this thing operates. When is the money uh, due the player? Is it prior to services rendered or after? You can't. um, The way the NIL works is that you can't pay to play. And. And, and so the way our NIL attorneys convey that or, or whatever you want to call it, translate that to, to us and our feeble minds is that they have to do something in order to get paid. And that something is not just playing football right. um, or basketball. So they'll have to perform services and then get paid. Not, hey, you showed up to campus, so I'm going to pay you. That that doesn't work. So, um, and you know, and so so kind of extrapolating on on your original question, you know, we, we set up events that that these players can participate in, and they can sign up. Well, if we make it so, if they're not in good standing, they're not able to sign up. Can't sign up. Can't show up. Can't do the the service. Can't get paid. So you kind of see how that progression works. So. Um, Allow me to basically explain this to everybody who's who's not keeping up, and and 
I understand that uh, some people view NIL as pay for play, which it is not, although there are facets of it that has turned into such across the country. We understand that. But, but to make this clear, what Brad is telling us is that based on the indicators here, Noah's Noah Shannon's um, obligations that he was set to fulfill to ensure these NIL funds um, he is not able to fulfill those as long as he's suspended. So he's basically the equivalent of an employee being suspended without pay. So I do want to make that clear. We're not just talking about a guy who's losing out on his senior year to impress, you know, draft scouts. And, you know, I don't want to say a year down the drain, because I'm sure from a character standpoint, this will make him better. But he, this is a bit, this is a bigger loss for someone now than it would have been five years ago if a, if a guy got suspended for the season for betting. Yeah, but but to be clear, he's not losing a scholarship. Just I mean, you know, it's not. Uh, yeah. He's suspended without pay. I mean, he's still getting a scholarship. He's just not able to make through our organization. Through our Correct. organization, he's not able to make you know additional NIL money. Now, could somebody could could another NIL uh, deal come about somehow or another outside of our organization that he might be eligible for? That's possible. Um, but, you know, I think one of our stipulations, you know, in order to participate is that you have to be in good standing. So um, that's part of their, their their agreement that they sign whenever they sign up to be part of what. So when they voluntarily sign up to be part of the swarm. I'm just curious, Brad, do you think it would and this is we're just speculating now, but sure. Shannon's appeal gets denied and he knows his career at Iowa was done. Do you think it would be? smart or dumb on his part to go get an NIL deal with a gambling site. <laughs> I've had this uh, for a while. Yeah. Now. I mean, I don't know what it would be in it for the gambling site, to be honest. Um, sure. You know, because, because there's nothing that really good came out of that, the, the gambling and, and, you know, and my, my opinion of the whole thing is that the whole, it, it's ridiculous. It, it, you know, I mean, there, there are guys that have, broken serious laws that have gotten two or three game suspensions. Right. Um, it's not illegal to place a small bet on not even on, not even on his own sport. It's on a different sport, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, it's almost part of our culture now. Um, I don't see personally, I don't obviously betting on your own team against your own team, any of those, any of those things, I think that's that's something you can't do. That's an absolute no-no. And, and and in fairness, they knew the rules. You know, these rules were not foreign to these kids. You know, but at the same time, you know, in the in the pantheon of breaking rules, to you know, if you decide you want to bet on the Lakers in the second half in a game, <laughs> you know, uh, what's the big deal? You know. Um, Great. I just it don't, quite understand. I don't yeah. quite understand why the standard is different for a college athlete. I think that's what and I, we and agree I, on. Right. And I also what also annoys me is that you know somebody somewhere had it had it in for the state of Iowa because um you know I think that if the same sweep was done nationwide, um we would probably look pretty good. I think that other kids and other programs do the same stuff that that our kids have done. Um, I because I like I said, I think it's part of the culture. Um, so I think it's really disappointing for for Noah. He's a good player. He's a good kid. 
uh, like the uh, nothing but good things to say um, about about him. I hope that I hope that Iowa appeals. I hope that they they get his suspension um, reduced and that he can join the you know j- join the team and, and play this fall. Uh, he's a big asset, you know, on and off the field. So uh, this one this one really struck me as being really disappointing. This is the last thing I'll say on this and we can get off it. I'm kind of just sure. honing in on this subject because it does kind of intrigue and fascinate me, Brad, in a yeah. way. You said in good standing. So the language of these deals, these contracts that uh, a player has to sign with your collective, which then partners with these other businesses and these organizations um, for this work and, and, and these payments. I'm just curious, in good standing according to whom? Because if you ask Kirk Ferentz, he would tell you that Noah Shannon is in good standing with the team. He's not in good standing with the NCAA. Yeah, I think there's some specific language. Like I said, I I wasn't. You didn't prepare me for this question. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I don't you're have an all the language. Brad, you're I don't an have all the language in front of me. Um, you know, and 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 honestly, this is something that we'll probably take to our attorneys and 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 see what can be done, um, if anything. But but yeah, I mean, there's there's some there's some specific language in the in the agreements that. You know how legalese is, right? They're gonna they're gonna say in good standing and then define what that is, um, yeah. at least yeah. to some level. Uh, and so, anyway, I mean, if there's a chance that we can can do something for him, we will. He's a great kid, but um, you know, in general, my understanding, without having this, isn't something that we have sent to the attorneys yet to a rule on. But my understanding and my general understanding of our agreements is that that uh, if you're, you know. Not in good standing means you're not capable of being able to play, you know, and not by injury. So, okay, you know that would that would kind of qualify. You're an actuary, Brad. That's why I felt like I I... <laughs> yeah, you can you can get as detailed as you want. I'm used to being in the weeds. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no, that's good stuff. I I, I apologize for kind of side slide no. question. No good. No good. It did come to mind. So. This is part of why we're doing this uh, this evening, and, and I'm glad you just took a sip of your beer. I believe that's uh, Swarm Beer, right? So the the question here from uh, Tyler, he wants to know if there's any way to get beer or vodka in Florida. Well, you're in Florida, and you have beer. So there is a way. I do. I do. There's a way. There's a way. Um, well, <laughs> you, you, you take it with you from Iowa. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one way or the other, that's how you do it. Yeah, there is no there there currently is no avenue to get to to buy swarm beer at a local Publix or or whatever gas station down here. Unfortunately, that is something that's being looked into. Um, you know, we we've talked about trying to get it at game watches across the country, that sort of thing. It's not as easy as I thought it might be. I mean, I'm like, hey, just ship it to them. Well, distributors have to get involved, and 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 then there's contracts and negotiations and. You know, uh, apparently that it's a lot more difficult than I ever thought. And I've also learned that you can't just ship it through the mail. That's against the law, apparently. Um, so, uh, you know, it's an education for me. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I took some. I was up there a week ago or so and brought me a few 12-packs back. So I'm, I'm, I'm loaded for bear this fall. James wants to know about southern Iowa. I'm assuming it's. Oh yeah, everywhere everywhere in Iowa should have it. If it's not there, 
it should be and it's and if it's if it's not where you normally would buy beer talk to them because the the distributors both big distributors in iowa doll and 7g have it in spades and it's just if the restaurant doesn't ask for it or want it then it's not going to be there or the or the convenience store um so you know they just you just need to ask for it and then and then they'll it's it is available and hd 90 dog says uh how are the numbers looking for vodka and for the beer and then uh, where are things with swarm where are things for swarm vodka and i guess the the number is going into kinnick on saturday yeah so with kinnick um you know i think i've already said i think from what i understand there's just shy of 400 cases that that Aramark has ordered. Um, so I think, you know, by the middle of the first quarter, you can still get, you'll be able to get the swarm beer. Um, it's, uh, they're going to be at most of the different concessions around. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that we, we drink them dry of swarm golden ale um, early and often and Aramark continues to up their, their orders and, and it becomes, you know, my 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 dream, the dream state for me is that for people who consume alcohol, um, they think that when they go to Kinnick, part of the it's almost like a religious experience for them. You go to Kinnick, you watch the Hawks, and you drink a swarm beer. I'm hopeful that that becomes um, sort of a rite of passage uh, as part of the Kinnick experience. But we'll see. I felt special drinking a swarm beer at the Iowa State Fair. That felt like. A cultural experience. Yeah, yeah, good. I will. I will give the the fair whoever's however the logistics work behind that. I think we were over at the the bud tent, and uh-huh. there was a banner. Now I had to go to like three different stands because people kept pointing. Oh, we don't have it over here, but we have it over there. And I finally finally found it. And uh, yeah. was what did you to, think? I thought it was good. I'm not a beer guy. I, I've said this before. Yeah. I'm not a beer guy, but I liked it. It's an yeah, easy I mean, easy drink. Yeah, my yeah, that was that was the idea. The idea was to try to make it an easy kind of beer to drink, which is sometimes difficult when you're talking about craft beer. Like craft beer sometimes is it's it's kind of it'll take your breath away to some extent for a lot yeah. of people. It's not as light and smooth as as you know some of the big name brand beers. So, um, but I think they did a really good job and I'm I'm proud of it. I'm proud of what we've done there and and you know the chances that we end up making a million dollars a year on 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 beer sales is a possibility, which would be really cool. All right, we we've had a caller on the phone line who jumped on like right when we started, so let's go to our phone line. Thank you for calling sure. Hawkeye. Hang out here. Who's on the line? Hey, Corey. It's Kyle from Sea Rapids. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Brad. How you doing? Doing great, Kyle. How about yourself? Uh, I'm in. I'm good. Saturday can't come fast enough. Amen. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. It's a whole new season and new team, and hopefully we have a good year. Yes, sir. There you go. <laughs> we agree with that. <laughs> you know, I'll say this, Kyle. You know, I would hate to. I would hate to hear what you sound like when you're not excited. <laughs> Kyle, curb your enthusiasm, Kyle. <laughs> I would not be excited if the first game ended up like another seven to free score, and I would be still not be excited about that one. So, Kyle, do you, I just do you, hope. 
Do you have a prediction? I haven't given my prediction yet on the channel. Do you have a prediction for Saturday, Kyle? My prediction is I just want Hawkeye touchdowns and no seven to three scores. Okay. I, I think we, I'll promise you that. How about that? We're, we're going to score some points on Saturday. Appreciate yeah, that I, promise. I do want touchdowns, you know. Don't want to wait to have another of those, one of those games. But I'm just glad we've got better players in Portal and hopefully they show up on Saturday. O-line needs to show out. Receivers need to get separation. I know you're all expecting, hopefully, Cave expected to play. I kind of expect him to play, but I'm kind of ready if he can't go, or I'm still be ready for Deegan if he goes. I'm sure that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one thing I'll say. One thing I'll say about the quarterback. I mean, I, I you know, obviously, Cade's great. I mean, he's proven he's awesome. Um, but I, you know, in talking to coaches, they would tell you that. Our quarterback room is about as good as it's been in a really long time. Um, it's not, you know, Cade or bust, so to speak. Uh, obviously, Cade is is a champion and proven winner. And you know, if he's not in there, well, there's a drop off. However, I think we can win with Deacon Hill. I think we can win with Joe Labus um, if we have to. Uh, you know, the hope is that you know we don't have to. But it's not a Cade or bust situation on Saturday. And, and you know, as we move through the year, if he was to get injured, I'd still take my chances with, with one of the other guys. I think, I think that they, you know, they've, they've both really improved this fall and, and um, can, can hold their own when they get in there. I'll, Deacon, I'll Hill, Deacon Hill, by the way, has a huge arm. I mean, his arm is huge. He, he, he's, he's got a stronger arm than Cade does. I, I will say this. I'm going to be a little bit more skeptical than Brad. I, I I don't want to know what life after Kate is like in 2023 because I I I hope you're I hope you're right, Brad, that this room has taken this big jump. But I would have to see that to to buy into that notion. Let's let's hope that we're not talking about this midseason. Exactly, Corey. Let's let's hope that that you know you're just going to have to take my word for it, and we never know. I'm hoping that we never know. Mm-hmm. Anything yeah, else, the, Kyle? I know the quarterback rooms look better. I mean, I was at Kids Day a few weeks ago, and they were taking chances downfield. And, you know, some of them might be picked, but I like those chances what they can throw down the field instead of check downs or playing it safe. But I really like taking chances with them, and I kind of feel comfortable that either one of them will take the chance because I'm really like going for it all. Uh, I think we've got receivers now that can take the top off the defense that that maybe we didn't have last year, which will will present that opportunity, but it'll also open things up um, underneath. We've got a couple of really, really, really good tight ends, and mm-hmm. those guys are going to be tough to tough to handle. So um, we have a lot more we have a, we have we have more weapons on our offense this year than last year, and it's not close. Yeah, you know, the difference is we had walk-ons in the depth chart for the first game of the week for receivers, but this year we got more scholarship players, and I'm really excited about that. And some of them show flashes at the open practice, like Seth Anderson. Brown got a few good catches. Vines, I'm really excited what they can really produce in the game. All four of those guys can play. All four of those guys can play. 
for us. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. It really is. Uh, I'm, like I said, I, I haven't been this ex- this excited going into a season in a long time. I haven't been this invested either. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and I really hope the O-line plays a lot, lot better than last year. I mean, I know they struggle a lot against the deep front D-line and kids day, but but going against those guys, it's going to make them better every day and more physical on the field. Well, what really helps there is we've got eight or nine guys that can compete. Um, that I, I don't think that that Kirk or, or George Barnett would would flinch to go to to send in to play. Where last year they were looking around for guys and <laughs> there weren't many to throw in. So um, if some guy, if one of the one of the guys struggles or they 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 lack some cohesion they can they they have other options so um and they can rotate and keep guys fresh too it's just like the defensive line i mean if you think about the best iowa football teams going back i'm gonna go back to the 90s because i i wasn't i I didn't know much about iowa football prior to when i showed up but it seems to me that the if you look at the best iowa football teams most successful iowa football teams they had good lines defensive line offensive line you know skill players are one thing but really the hallmark of of our success historically has been being solid on both sides of the line and i and i really think defensively on a deep on the defensive line i don't know that we've ever been better it sucks to lose shannon i'm kind of i'm still pissed about that um but we've got other guys um this guy uh i i mess up his first name ya black yeah um He's been unblockable in, in the fall. You know, this guy's this guy could absolutely blow up this fall. Um, and he's somebody that wasn't even on our radar. Like people weren't even talking about him last year. And he's been a beast. Uh, you know, Aaron Graves is I think didn't Kirk say in the press conference he's graduating soon? Like this guy is like super smart, really physical, works super hard, tremendous young man. Um, you know, just that we've got we've got some dudes on the defensive line and our offensive line. We've we've added some players. The other guys have, have improved and gotten bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, Logan Jones, you know, I don't think I think he'll be one of the better centers in the Big Ten, which is a far cry from what he was last year. Um, I know I'm sounding like a homer, but let's 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 watch this play out. But I I really think Logan Jones is going to have a big year. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I'm, the good I'm news, fired up the good, the, the only good thing, the silver lining that came from the fact that Noah's the guy that's kind of been targeted from the, by the NCAA is the fact that he, he plays at a position in which Iowa is loaded and they're deepest at, they're deeper at defensive tackle than any other position on the football field. I, I think they're, I think they're deeper at D tackle than they are at D end. And like you said, why Black, Aaron Graves, Logan Lee, that's three starters right there that you have after Noah. Yeah. And um, and then Ontario, I'm high on Ontario Thompson. I don't know. It sounded at media day when I talked with, um, I, I think it was Jay Neiman. He said Ontario's learning curve is still understanding the playbook and, and all that and where he needs to be at the right. But he's physically looks the part and um, is a man uh, at what, 6'3", 305. He can give them something. I guarantee you he's going to be out there on third downs at times. 
Um, and with his size, he'll line up on the inside. Brian Allen Jr. was phenomenal during kids' day. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. Even with Noah out, they're nine deep. Um, and yeah. so I just. Kelvin Bell has options. They have options. Anything else, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, first of all, before I want to talk about Noah, about the Noah, Noah Shanahan thing, but I want to ask Brad a quick question. Brad, when I go to a game this year, do you recommend I get the Swarm beer? What do you What do you mean? Of course. I mean, there's no other There's no other beer to get. Nah, get a Bud Light. Get, get a Bud Light. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 I'm a Bush Light guy. I just no. This is better than Bush Light. This is way better than Bush Light. Oh, I mean, you, this way you're, you're drinking a beer and you're helping the Hawks at the same time. Yeah, if the game's not going the way you go, if, it, if the game's not going the way I want to, I'll just go get the swarm. How's that? Well, I think you, you get the swarm. You get the swarm before, and then when the game's not going the way you want to, you drink more of them so that yeah, exactly. so that we 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 the, the nil programs even more successful so that we don't have those problems next time. That, what's the Justin Moore song? Uh, that's why we drink when the sun's up, when the sun's down, when you're unhappy, when you're thrilled, you know, all those that's, things. That's it. That's it. Kyle, thank you for the call as always, sir. We appreciate hearing from you. Thank you. And go Hawks. Thank you, sir. Go Hawks. All right. That was a, I enjoy Kyle calling in. Um, so th this is, uh, this is a part of our show this evening and, and why I want to, uh, kind of preview uh, who we're going to have on here in a little bit because uh, we always get these comments and we get them during post-game shows as well. Oh, Kirk says this. Kirk said that five minutes ago. Well, it is true that Kirk had a Hawk Talk show here a little bit ago, and I didn't even think about our show interfering with that. But uh, our user BMF395 says that uh, Kirk noted that Cade is expected to go, and I believe uh, T. Hink says the same thing. It's a game-time decision, but we're expecting Cade to go. Apparently, that's a quote from... Kirk Ferentz, CJ said the same thing. I'm not doubting any of those uh, loyal listeners here on the show. We appreciate all of you. But the great thing we're going to be able to bring to the postgame show with Coach John Patterson this fall is we're going to be introducing a guy who's been on the Iowa beat for a long, long time and will be in uh, the Kirk Ferentz press conferences, postgame press conferences, and then he'll be jumping on with us, with myself and Coach Patterson. That is none other than Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com. So he'll be jumping on with us here this evening and uh, talk a little Iowa football tonight, but he'll be with us throughout the year. And that way we know exactly what Kirk said, and we'll get kind of an instant reaction from from Tom and a kind of a different perspective. So I'm excited for that. And I know, Brad, you, you think very highly of, of Tom. I do. Big help to the, uh, to the Swarm. Close friends, and he, he volunteers quite a bit of his time um, to helping out the Swarm. He, he – he does our Swarm TV videos and interviews, and you know he doesn't live in Iowa City either. He lives over in the Quad Cities. He drives over, does the interviews, produces the stuff. Um, can't thank Tom enough for everything he's doing for our organization. So we'll uh, we'll look forward to that, and we'll look forward to Tom here in a few minutes. A uh, couple questions in the chat. JT wants to know if there's going to be a swarm tent set up near the gates to grow knowledge of the collective. And we're talking about, of course, about Kinnick. I think I know. The yeah, answer. that's, that's, that's one of those, that's one of those things that I'm, I'm, you know, it's on, it's on my wish list of things for Beth uh, gets. Um, 
but but really it's gonna it's 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 a Learfield issue more than anything else. Um, so what people should know, and this is something I did not know. Maybe everybody else in the world knows this, but 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 me before I took on this collective deal, and that is that Learfield pretty much owns anything and everything in around that goes on at Kinnick. Um, you know the the advertising uh, that that goes on at Kinnick has to go through Learfield. Learfield owns those rights. The the radio shows and all the advertising on the radio shows. That's that's Learfield. Um, if we want to to set up a, a tent in the parking lot uh, right out in front of the stadium and 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 um, and preach the gospel of the swarm uh, that has to that that that's through Learfield um, you can't and, set up in your what if you had a tailgating spot you can't set up your own tent if I have a tailgating spot which I do um, I could have something there and you know if people come by my tent, or my 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 car in my tailgate, I can tell them about it. Yes, could I go around and and hand out brochures? No. Um, in fact, I think there's only one organization that they let go around in the tailgating lot. It's like one game a year. I think they let the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts or both to go around. You guys may may remember that going to the games. Um, that's it. Uh, you, you know, we, we've, we've talked about that, thought about that. If we're going to do any sort of soliciting, if you will, or, or you know, kind of spreading the word, it's going to have to be on Melrose or, That's or elsewhere. Mel- you know, it's going to have to be walk up and down the sidewalks of Melrose yeah. and do it all day. Nobody can stop us from doing that. Um, you know, we do, we do, we will have some signage out on Melrose. We'll also have our tailgate at uh, the courtyard by Marriott right across from the stadium. I encourage any and all of you to to to, to show up there. Um, I think the place holds five or six hundred. We have like three hundred RSVPs at this point for the first game. Um, if you go there and they don't want to let you in, just drop my name and tell me you're my friend, and um, you know come out there and and uh, you know uh, I'll buy you a beer and you can tell me about how excited you are about the game, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, if you can spread the word and try to help get people to, to join the swarm, I, that that's really what I appreciate um, because this is this impacts winning. It does. Um, it, 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 that's, that's the reason I'm doing it. I, I I I have learned about one thing. I've learned about myself, and this is kind of embarrassing, but you know, I'm 49, and I go back into my 20s and 30s now 40s. When when the Hawkeyes are winning games, I'm a happier guy than when they're losing, and that's pathetic, but it is the <laughs> truth. Okay, when when we're when we're you know like our 12 and 0 season, I mean I was like you know I was borderline dancing everywhere. I was so excited. Okay, and and so one of the reasons I took this on is is I want to ensure that we continue that we have good seasons, not poor seasons, or at least more good seasons than poor seasons, and. And 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 this is this is the Hawkeye fans' big chance to to really impact winning, um, and and so uh, that's why I'm involved. I hope that everybody on the call will consider going to iowaswarm.com and and joining the swarm, telling your friends about it. Come to our tailgates; it's a lot. We have a lot of fun. This week, actually, we're going to have some basketball players that will be there signing autographs and taking pictures. Um, so. Uh, I think we'll have a DJ as well. It'll be fun. It's you know on the on the rooftop and inside. If you want to get cool, 
Um, more importantly, most importantly for some, the, the, the ladies out there, indoor restrooms. Okay. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to know what the ladies' restroom is like at Kinnick, but I know what the men's is like. <laughs> Situation's not, it's dire, right? And I know what the, the porta potties out on Melrose oh, are like. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, a so, uh, couple things here. And we had a caller that hung up here a second ago. Uh, hang tight. If you called us and I put you on hold, you're not going to hear anything. You know, just just hang tight because we're, we're trying to manage a number of things here. So, uh, let's get back to our call line. We've actually got JT who left that comment here a few minutes ago on the call line. JT, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Good. Brad, hope everything's all right after that hurricane. We, we, we dodged a bullet there. Um, that last year was horrible. We're still recovering from that. This time it went west of us. My heart goes out to the people up in the what I call the armpit of Florida. That's probably not the best the best way of calling it the best uh, characterization. But um, folks up there, I mean, it's uh, I, I know what they're about to go through, and it's not been fun. Yeah. Uh- so I hopped on to ask the question that uh, Corey had actually popped up, but that actually sparked a second idea for me was what could you do about setting up a beer tent at like Finkbine or something where you could sell the vodka and the beer? Is that something you have to go through the university for? Cause you kind of own the golf course from your playing days, right? Yeah. 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 The, pretty much. They, they've almost <laughs> renamed it. Um, no, 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 no. So, well, the good thing is, is that they do sell swarm um vodka and beer at Finkbine and already and and furthermore if you're a swarm member show them your card and you get 10 percent off oh i mean the 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 membership pays for itself if you drink enough well i know where we're tailgating now yeah yeah (laughs) i mean and and if they say no for whatever reason if you look anything like your picture there so there's no way they're saying no. Oh, that was like about... such a badass in that picture. I, I, you know, I'm. I feel like I can't call you JT. I got to call you sir. That that was that was uh that was about ten years ago in Jacksonville. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, carry carry that picture everywhere. I mean, nobody's right. gonna mess with you. Uh, another question I have for you is like, um, I know previously you talked about like you can't get involved with the recruiting, obviously, but like, what was be the process if you wanted to like go see a guy like Godfrey play because I know he's up in Tampa or James Reese are over in Jacksonville. Would you be allowed to even like go watch and interact with them at all? Well, you know, I can't. I can't go recruit somebody. Um, right. But but what does happen is their the kids or the parents want to know about about the NIL program at Iowa and they want to know what opportunities the kids currently have and they'll ask some of the kids on the team, but they may want more details. And so they call me and I'll be as candid as I can about, you know, what the program is, what their opportunities will be. Um, And, you know, so, so I can, I can pick up the phone and, and tell them about the program. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. So, Okay. Yeah, that was my that was my questions. Appreciate it, guys. And go and, on. And, and people and people that are that are transfers are usually a whole lot more interested um, 
in the NIL component than, than say the high school kids who are excited to get a scholarship. D Rollison, uh, two words, two favorite words, sports and winning. I think uh, most people on here can unite around that super chat. Thank you, uh, D Rollison, for that. And uh, we did have a question from D Rock Irish. Uh, where are you? We've talked about this, but tell I'm people in, where you I'm are. In, in Florida. I'm in Fort Myers. I live on the right on the Caloosahatchee River. So um, we had 150 mile an hour winds at my house last year, and uh, and 15 feet of storm surge. Unfortunately, my house is seven feet above, so um, it's not good math. I'm an actuary. That's not good math. <laughs> so uh, not not bit not yeah, the math's not working for me. But um, yeah, I'm in Fort Myers. We we got spared yesterday, and um, you know it's it's one of those weird feelings where you're grateful that it didn't hit us, but you feel bad for who it did hit. You know so. We're gonna get to more with Brad. That we've got Tom Caker on hold. Um, we've got one more caller to get to before we get to Tom. Uh, caller, thank you for calling Hawkeye Hangout. Who's on the line? This is John, Corey. Hey, John. Uh, hey, Brad. How you doing? Good. Uh, where are we at after the women in the national championship game? Did that increase uh, uh, activity in the score a lot more or not so much? Or where were we at on that? Oh, the women's the 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 women's basketball team. Yeah, when they were in the national championship game, did you see a big increase in the activity on the swarm for them? Or uh, you know, we we did get a few more uh, women's basketball only donations. Yes, um, they they have a contingent there for sure. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't the the broad, hey, let's join the swarm membership. Uh, boom that i would have hoped for but um that's that's neither here nor there i mean obviously if football ever made to the college football playoff or won the big 10 i would expect a pretty big jump um same with basketball but uh men's basketball women's basketball for one reason or the other it didn't happen in a, in a grant on a grand scale but the women's the women's program did get some some additional donations for sure okay all right. Thank you, guys. That's what I, something I was curious thank about, and, and yep. you're on, so I wanted to ask you. Yep. Thank you. Always good to hear from you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, our phone line, our actual phone line, 515-635-1601, is open right now if you want to call and ask Brad or Tom Caker a question. He'll be jumping on with us here in just a second. Again, you're watching Hawkeye Hangout here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. We'll get a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back again with myself, Tom Cakert, and Brad Heinrichs of The Swarm. To Iowa Floor Covering, a locally owned flooring store in Bondurant, Iowa that specializes in do-it-yourself projects. If you're a contractor or a DIYer, Iowa Floor Covering has your back. Right now at Iowa Floor Covering, get tough core click together 4.5 millimeter waterproof vinyl flooring for $269 per foot when you install it yourself. That's a much better value than you'll find at any of the big box stores. Looking for other types of flooring? They can help with that too. Between their exceptional product knowledge and commitment to customer service, the guys at Iowa Floor Covering will provide everything you need to complete your DIY flooring project. So what are you waiting for? Skip the box stores now and visit iowafloorcovering.com DIY. That's iowafloorcovering.com DIY. 
Promotional pricing only available with self-installation. So we appreciate Iowa floor covering as always. They've been with us for quite some time and uh, helping to support the show this evening. Certainly give them a call. Look them up at iowafloorcovering.com slash DIY. They'll be with us throughout the season ahead. Speaking of the season ahead, let's go to a guy who's been covering the many seasons of the of the uh, Kirk Ferentz era. That's Mr. Tom Kakert. Tom. Hey. Hey, How are you? Hey, Brad. What's up, Tom? We're going to do a podcast of the the conversations that Brad and I have. That would be (laughs) a lot of spicy. They would be spicy for sure. Has he been on the podcast, Tom? Have you had him on? Absolutely. Okay. I was the the first one that had him on when when he was still incognito. I was yeah, I was still Tex Hawk on his message board. Are you not Texas Hawk anymore? I you know, I don't know that anybody even thinks of me as Tex Hawk anymore, but whatever. Um you know, I don't care what you call me, just call me. Can you tell us where that name came from? Yeah, I, I mean, literally out of college, um, my family we moved to to um, to Dallas, and I started paying it because I'm just a Hawkeye fan junkie, like the three of you know the two of us, the three of us here. Yeah. And so I started going on the message boards, and I, I think the first one was like the easy board, and then it went to like, oh, gosh, it was like. What were, I, I don't remember the Pantheon. John Miller had one, and then there was another one, um, Super Hawkeye or whatever it was. Anyway, it just kind of evolved. And um, I just kept my same – I started with Tex Hawk because I was a Texas Hawkeye. And then I just kept it as I you know, I moved to Florida in 05, been here ever since. And um, nobody knew who the hell I was really up until the last year. And, and so now here I am. Now I'm doing podcasts at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. 9.30, 30. 9.30. 9.30. Yeah, we'll be a lot later, just for the record. So. I, uh, yeah, I know when I I know when I, uh, do a podcast with Corey, it's, I'm not getting home till midnight. That's right. So, <laughs> so I, somebody asked in the chat earlier, they wanted to confirm that you're not drinking Stella tonight. We, we You showed the can. You're drinking Swarm Beer. So have oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Have no, you- I've 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 quit I've quit drinking Stella. It's good for it, you. It's nice, but it just doesn't help out my my swarm organization like the swarm beer does. Hey, hey, Brad, did you yeah. happen to get Kirk a uh, swarm beer yet? Has he? Uh, has oh, he that's a great question. So, so this is fun. Uh, he turned sixty-eight on August first. I had sixty-eight swarm beers delivered to the Ferentz residence on August 1st for his birthday. So he had not had any swarm beer. Well, I gave him 68 swarm beers for his birthday. I, I have a, I have a question, Brad, based on sure. that. This is yeah. kind of how my mind works. We, we talked about the Noah Shannon situation. Obviously Kirk and his immediate family members are unable to directly give to the swarm. That's right. So I mean, if you've heard this before, but what prevents Kirk from literally just ordering a billion cases of warm <laughs> beer? I guess that's possible, right? There, there, there would be nothing at that point, right? I mean, because because what he's doing is he's buying something from a you know he's buying an Exile beer, and what and the way it works is that Exile looks and sees how much beer they have they have sold of the Swarm beer to the distributors or out of their 
brewery and what their total sales for the month. And they take that times 0.2, 20%, and they write a check to us for that 20%. They don't even know who's going to ultimately end up buying that beer because it's going through a distributor, right? The distributor buys it. Um, could could uh, whoever just buy up the whole thing? I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess so. And, um, and just, we've asked this question before as well. Let's not ask Kirk that question, though, at the next press conference. <laughs> You're on that, Tom. But I just want to make this clear, Brad. There is something uh, against the rules or the, the the fine print of what has been stipulated regarding NIL that would prevent someone like Kirk Ferentz or any coach from donating to an organization that would then provide a deal to an athlete, right? That's Yeah, you can't because they, they, they kind of view that as – you know, yeah. he, he's, he's a representative and an employee of the athletic department. And so they kind of would view that, uh, you know, there, I think there were an SEC school or two that was talking about paying their coach an extra three or 4 million bucks a year. And then that coach turning around and writing a check to the NIL organization for that extra three or four, sort of a, a you know, wink, wink, nod, nod deal. And so I think that was what was potentially behind Okay. That 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 ruling. So so now you can't if you're a coach. Um, I, I don't know if administrators are the same. I, I can't remember, but I know coaches are not able to to uh, fund personally fund NIL programs, and obviously the Iowa Athletic Department cannot directly fund our NIL program. They can market for us and fundraise for us, but they cannot write the check for us. So, Tom, uh, first of all, thank you for, for being yeah. here. I know you just got done recording a, a podcast with uh, Matt Randazzo. I'm assuming that'll be dropping yeah. here soon on your website. Uh, yeah. I'm going to plug in for that here a little bit. But I, I just want to get your take. Uh, Brad opened with, uh, I think, some some positive uh, gesture toward the idea that Cade will probably play. It sounds like Kirk commented on Hawk Talk this evening that he expects Cade to play. I, I mean, I know people have speculated that Cade would sit out. I've, I've never really bought into that although i don't you know keep up with i don't talk to kate on a daily basis so just curious are, are we in the same line of thought there have you, have you really ever doubted the, the idea that he'd be starting on saturday well i don't think kate's ever doubted that he's going to start i think brad will echo that with me that kate is a strong-willed um guy and he went through a lot last year um in his time at michigan too and, and that was prior to the surgery where you know he played with a lot of pain he worked with a lot of pain uh, and uh, he's got a pretty high tolerance for pain. So, um, and he desperately wanted to be out there uh, this Saturday and it would have probably, you know, it would have, it would have deflated him quite a bit not to be able to run out of that tunnel with his helmet and shoulder pads on with his brothers. You know, it's really remarkable. This tells you the impact of this kid on the program that his teammates elected him captain and he's been here since January. You know, that just, that tells you the amount of respect that he has generated in the locker room from his teammates. Cause that, that doesn't come easy. I mean, that, you know, it's, it, it, they could have easily elected somebody else to be a captain and nobody would have blinked an eye. It could have been uh, any number of offensive players and that he did that just tells you how much these guys really think of him and how much they respect him. And, and I just think it's going to be a jolt of energy 
to the program to get him out there under center. He might, you know, it might be a Willis Reed situation where he's just out there and kind of just doing his thing, but, uh, you know, maybe dealing a little bit, but not just doing a whole lot of magical things. But, but I suspect they're going to take it easy with him, get him out in and out of there. You know, here's, here's the ideal situation, guys. 28-3 at half. You can just shut him down. Deacon Hill comes in, handles handles the second half. You get a lot of LeSean, uh, a little bit of Jazzy in, and and then you uh, kind of cruise to the finish line. That's that's the ideal scenario. Now we know nothing ever goes ideally, but this you you kind of hope this is the way it is. Brad, what do you think? That's the ideal, I, right? I, oh, that's ideal. I do. I don't. I don't think that they're gonna try to resurrect the Chuck Long naked bootleg if they get down inside no. the 10. Um, my hunch is he's not going to do a whole lot of, you know, sprint runouts of the pocket. Um, but, you know, with that said, I I, I, had, I expect him to play, yeah. you know, barring some setback. I think he'll play. I think he'll play well. I, I think that Hawkeye fans are going to walk out and go, we might have something. That's what yep. I think. Um, I don't think this is. I don't think this is going to be seven three. Now, Brad, you've been you've been listening to Kirk Ferentz a long time, as I have, and um, and Corey weigh in on this too, because I, I Matt and I were just talking about this, and that is I have never heard Kirk so effusive in his praise for a position group more than he has for the offensive line this this summer. Given the number of question marks, I have the idea, Tom, that is he is he trying to speak this into existence? Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. I threw that out there that he is trying to speak it into it, or or do it like a Stuart Smalley. You know, you're you're good enough, and darn it, you can do it. You know, something like that. I just I think he's, but I'm convinced now that he believes they're going to be really good, and I I am, and if they're really good, guess what? Caleb Johnson's running for 150 yards on Saturday. Well, that's what's going to happen. Let me just say this. Uh, Utah State's run defense was awful last year. Awful, yes. If Iowa bad. can't run the ball, and I said this yesterday on the show, if Iowa can't run the ball against Utah State, and I know they, they're going to be a little bit different, but they lost a couple of guys up front defensively. If Iowa can't run the ball against Utah State Saturday, I think there's a bit of a an alarm that goes off. And maybe you don't push the panic button, but yeah, is that fair? This is not a, a, a run defense that Iowa should struggle to or I should say a line that Iowa should struggle to dominate. Yeah, I would agree. I, you know, I talked to one of their beat writers um, the other day, and, yeah, he was like, he's like, they're a ton of new faces, a lot of JUCO guys. They don't really know what they have. He's He was kind of like, you're getting them at the perfect time to get Utah State because they just don't have any clue how good they are or how bad they are. They just, they kind of just don't know on either side of the ball. The quarterback Legas is pretty decent. You know, he played a little bit last year, but um, you know, they're really green and they've got a lot of new pieces out there and the head coach is calling plays um, this year. They got a new DC and it's just, they had a lot of people leave after last year. So there's just, it's a lot of new new faces and new places there. They did. They do have one thing that we don't have. They have a dude that blocked three punts last year. Yes, yes. 
Uh, uh, the the guy from the their beat writer told me he blocked four. Or maybe it was four. Might have been four. Kirk's I mean, some three. obscene number. Like that's yeah. almost impossible. Yes. Yep. He's uh, uh, a really good young safety too. I will say this: they were Utah State dealt with a lot of injury last year, I and mean, Iowa did too. But the Aggies suffered a lot on an injury front. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, and I have not listened to any press conferences from the Utah State side, and you've had probably more conversations given the fact that you had talked to a beat writer, Tom. But um, I wouldn't be shocked if they deploy both quarterbacks. Levi Williams, uh, I think he was banged up last year. Go back, and I know, Brad, you probably didn't bother to watch it two years ago. Go back and watch the 2021 famous Idaho Potato Bowl when Levi Williams was quarterbacking Wyoming and went up against Kent State, who Iowa beat earlier that season. Levi Williams looked like somebody that everybody should know. Uh, he transferred out. I actually thought he, I figured he'd go to a, a P5 school, then got hurt last year. I'm actually kind of surprised that, that he's not the starter. So, anyways, quick note. I'm surprised I'm surprised you watched the Idaho Potato Bowl, Corey. <laughs> I don't care who's in it. Do you love college football or do you not love college football? Did you watch Utah State? There's, a, there's a limit, Corey. I mean, the Idaho <laughs> Potato Bowl. The famous. Hey, yeah. it's famous. The famous, famous Idaho Potato Bowl. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. A lot of people probably think that that was that's where we live, right? Or that's where that's, <laughs> that's where right. Iowa City is, right? That's right. So, anyways, uh, Levi Williams, watch out for the backup quarterback. A um, couple things in the chat that I know we're kind of getting old on, and I, I want to make sure we cover this. ZJ, this is a question for Brad. How is the communication channel now with um, the interim AD, Beth Getz, and, and Jake kind of alluded to that as well, the relationship between the Swarm and and yourself, Brad, and, and Beth. Can you kind of transcribe what that's been like? Sure, yeah. Um, I, I've I've been in – constant communication is not the right words, but, but we have been – we have been communicating quite a bit. We've met in person a couple of times – um one was impromptu another one was was scheduled where i where i you know gave her my wish list of things i'd like for her to help us with and um you know one of the the, the very first thing on on my list was you know I, I i would like for you to uh make frequent calls to arms to, to try to help our nil program well that was literally a week ago and what happened this morning um i don't know if you noticed I did, but yeah. uh, Iowa Athletics sent out a tweet basically saying "swarm with you know swarm with us" kind of deal, and and um, you know the Kirk video and and whatnot really just trying to to advertise and market for our organization, which I really really appreciate. I mean we, you know I think the swarm probably has you know eight nine thousand followers on Twitter and maybe Instagram is somewhere similar. I don't know. Well, their website has like 300,000. So, so that's the reaching more of the masses than what we are currently. And so, you know, her, her doing that for us is going to help. Um, and hopefully that will continue. So I, I have nothing but great things to say about Beth. I have nothing but great things to say about, you know, her embracing NIL and, and supporting our organization. Obviously we're at the, you know, we're at the very beginning. We're in the, you know, the top of the first inning and in all of this. But, um, you know, I have zero complaints at this point. Just want to make how many times has she called you? Oh, gosh, it's, it's several. I mean, when I say call, a lot of times it's a text. 
just because you know we're both pretty pretty busy people. But I, I mean, I, you know, I've got I've got tons of texts from her. Yes. Can you guess? And, can you guesstimate? Um, she's I, been. I probably I, she's probably reached out to me ten times. You know, since August first. Okay, so ten, and then how many times did Gary Barter reach out to you? Just to clear that up. You can say it. it's no secret. Never. Brad. I mean, I you know, I I met with I met with Gary before I even started the organization, telling him what I was going to do, and I I didn't ever hear from him. I mean, I'm not trying to throw. I don't want to throw the guy on the bus. He's gone. He's he's I you know. He's not, but 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 but, but your but the answer to your question is none. You write your own legacy, Brad. You yeah, know, I know, but so, just you know, I understand. All right, let, let's. Uh, we, we've got James, who's been on hold for a long, long time. James, welcome to the show. James. How you doing, Corey? Hey, how are you? I'm good. good. First question. Who, who, obviously, I know your answer, but who do you think is going to win tomorrow? Michigan or Minnesota or Nebraska? Uh, Minnesota. All right. And then, second off, Iowa State or you and I? Because I think you and I might have a better chance than we think with. Uh, I, I like Iowa State. I think Iowa State's. From what I've been told, Iowa State's maybe a little bit deeper than, well, significantly deeper than they were last year. I know they've dealt with some top-end damage due to the betting stuff, but uh, I think they're better. They're going to be good defensively again, um, and we'll see. I mean, the quarterback situation is my big question mark, and I don't know how good they're going to be up front. I know they've got a, a new left tackle who transferred in a year ago but hasn't started. This will be his first time out uh, as a full-time starter. So, I mean, there's still question marks offensively. And, and uh, you know, Jalen Knoll, is he going to be – they've had such a long, deep stretch of, of great receivers. I don't know that he can fill that void. But I, I still think – I mean, I, I'd have a hard time predicting that an FCS uh, UNI program is going to come into to Jack Trice and win. So, uh, I mean, you can never sleep – I mean, I don't predict it either, but you can never sleep on UNI. You know, they're tough. I mean, they've no, played they tough a tough. couple times. You and I, I, can, uh, tell you, I, I can tell you that uh, – they Iowa State is taking them seriously. I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but uh, I can tell you that they are taking them seriously, and they, and they should. Well coached, and uh, there's a reason why they've given teams like Iowa and Iowa State both uh, scares in, in the past. For sure. Uh, what's, what's one thing you're most intrigued about on Saturday? What's one thing you're most intrigued about watching? Is this for me or Tom or Brad? Or? For anybody. I, anybody. Let's start with Tom. What are you most intrigued for, for Saturday, Tom? Um, I want to see Kate out there and I want to see the offensive line and see how they perform. I think that's the most intriguing thing. And, and some of those young receivers, you know, you've just the offense in general, uh, you know, we've heard a lot of buzz about Seth Anderson, about Deontay Bynes. I want to see those guys. I want to see them making plays. I mean, that uh, Eric all, you know, um, uh, you know, I had did, the. Uh, little plug for the swarm did some swarm interviews last thursday people if you sign up for the swarm you can watch these and they're really fun interviews with eric and luke lachey uh that just went up this week and and luke talks about how he's like a almost like a marvel character with eric catching the ball it just kind of like pulls it out of thin air and uh just makes these spectacular so um you know, that tight end position really loaded 
right now as well. But I'm just I'm anxious to see the offensive line because if the offensive line is good, buckle up, kids. It's going to be a fun season. Brad, is that? I'm I'm guessing you're going to be consistent with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how I can argue with any of that. Um, really can't. I, I you know I think I think corner is going to be interesting um, opposite yes. Cooper, and yes. seeing how that plays out will be uh, something I'll be paying attention to. Um, so, so that's that's probably on defense. That's the one thing. That's the one place I'm I'm going to be interested in watching. Obviously, I'll want to watch Nick Jackson because I've never watched him in in person play. Um, tremendous guy, and and he's awesome. a tackling he's a tackling machine. So I'm looking forward to watching him. Um, but offensively is probably where it's all. I mean, we've watched stagnant offense for for the last 13 games at least, and and so. You know, I think everybody, every Hawkeye fan is is frothing at the mouth to see something other than, you know, two yards in a cloud of dust or, you know, third and eight, you know, three, three and outs. Um, you know, I'm, I told Tory Taylor, I hope he's, he, he's, he, he's very underutilized this year. <laughs> so couple things. Sounds like maybe Brad and Tom know something I don't know regarding the, the cornerback position. Is there some fireworks that we're going to well i mean you got it doesn't matter look but the point of the matter there is no matter who is opposite cooper right you got to know that person's going to get a lot of passes thrown their way right i mean cooper gene is a first you know preseason first team all-american he's going to be a first round draft pick if i'm an offensive coordinator for anybody else we play i'm probably if I want to keep my job, I'm going to want to not throw towards Cooper to Gene as much as I possibly can. So seeing how well we play on that other side is going to be is is going to be important. So I'm going to be paying attention to that. Okay. Uh, just real quick, a uh, couple things, Tom. Do you anticipate that? Uh, I know Kirk really couldn't comment on it on Tuesday. Do you anticipate hearing that there are other guys who are, we expect there will be other players unavailable due to? suspensions regarding the, the betting stuff will we get that on an availability report prior to the game that's a good question and i don't think kirk even knew that because some of the stuff regarding the gambling thing they they are saying that it falls under the the ferpa um uh, regulations so if that's the case they may not be able to uh stay say specifically why they're out uh, other guys, they may be able to say there's more with more specificity, I guess, if that's the word, uh, and uh, they'll be able to be more specific about it. What what the you know at least general you know like lower body injury or something is my guess is Kirk's not going to keep it uh, too. It's not going to go too in depth. I mean, with the Cade thing, he's always just said it's you know tissue injury or things like that. So. I think what you're referring to, Corey, is isn't there a new rule that says yes, like two, hours, two before. hours before kick, you gotta like yeah. show your hand a little bit about if someone's, you know, you know someone's out, you kind of gotta say it at that point. But, um, but yeah. to to Tom's point, that that was asked specifically of Kirk uh, yesterday, and he didn't know the answer. I mean that that rule just dropped here within the last week. I'm just like what you said makes sense too, Tom. Like if they 
if they say uh, I don't want to, I won't even say a specific name, but Joe Schmo is out for an unspecified reason. We're all going to be able to figure out what that unspecified reason is more than likely, right? So yeah. regardless of the what you call it's not HIPAA. What is it the the laws that are in place? FERPA. FERPA. Yes. FERPA, FERPA or HERPA? FERPA. F with the FERPA. FERP. Okay, yes. like fur baby. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I think the re for people that are confused out there, I think the reason why we know about Shannon, for example, is that I think he conceded and and basically says I don't care if anybody knows. And isn't right. that right? I think he's yeah. He kind of volunteered that information to the public, and yep. so that's why his stuff is out there, and it's kind of you know widely known what what his situation is. Any other people that are involved, you know. Yeah. That, that hasn't that hasn't happened. So. so so my my question then becomes, again, not important in the long range, but not 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 uh, consequential. But uh, had Kirk not elected to send Noah Shannon to Big Ten Media Day, would we even know about the Noah Shannon situation? Unless he admitted it, if somebody asked him, you know. Yeah, but I mean. Have you been going around asking the players? Are you? Did you bet? I didn't, ask, been doing I didn't ask any of them. I haven't asked any of them. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't know unless I don't know why that we would probably even know anything about that. We'd probably all think he's good to go, and and I don't know. Uh, that's that's a very fair question. I'm just yeah. but see, but see now, my bad, Corey. I wasn't trying to butt in. Go ahead, but James. Does one of those or two of those guys who are on that list, right? Do they play this week? And then it's like Noah Shannon didn't play this week because he ratted himself out. So then what's that like? You know what I mean? Like, how is that fair that those guys were going to play this week? Let's say they do, play. right? They're, They're not, not going to play. If, yeah, They're the not? NCAA has notified Iowa of the people, of the whatever you want to call them, the people that have committed the infraction so that Iowa knows not to play them. Oh, so we just but don't. The difference, is that, the difference is that these players, other than Shannon, have not made that public, and that's their. There it is, Robert Payne. Thank you. That you know, there that 1974. It's a good year. Um, you know, it's it's you know when when uh, Gerald Ford signed the first piece of legislation when he got into office, it was the ERISA. Um, apparently, he signed this too, but the uh, Employee Retirement Income Security Act. Was uh, was signed in 1974. <laughs> Only reason I know that is because that's that's the the Bible for which I do my pension work. But anyhow, um, <laughs> in any event, uh, these guys haven't come forward and 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 admitted it. So that's 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 the deal there. My bad. I must have. No, you're good. You're wrong there. Anything else, James? Um, no, just one thing. Obviously, looking forward to the season and hoping we can stay healthy because we don't want to go to our seventh. Six, seven string wide receivers again because I think that's a little bit of a struggle and that puts you in a little bit of a a bind, you know, when you have to go that deep on the. I don't even know if it's six or seven, but it felt like six or seven because you've seen a lot of names out there, but you know, a lot of names like Keegan Johnson and all them as well. But was, yeah, we've got four. We've got four guys ready to play for sure, and and you got someone like Alec Wick who's a who is a walk on that actually was playing pretty well in in camp. Same with uh, this kid Weechin, um, super fast kid, small but but fast. But one of the things I will say is that, and um, when I was there watching watching uh, practice last week, these freshmen they got aren't bad. They look pretty good. Um, there's a future there at wide receiver. 
Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about the freshmen they brought in. You know, Seth Anderson and Caleb Brown each have three years left. So there's a, there's, you know, there, there, there's a lot of development that can happen for, for two guys that are pretty much ready to, to excel right now. So um, I'm, I'm very excited about the wide receiver position. One more question for Brad. How do you, how does Swarm, how is it affecting like our recruiting, like in the 2024, 2025? Like, is that what a lot of the kids are talking about or? Well, I mean, th th what happens is that, that the high school kids want to know about NIL and what their opportunities will be. Um, and that, but that, my hunch is, is that that's not the deciding factor for the kids that we recruit. And just to be clear, we're not paying these kids to come to Iowa, these high school kids. Um, there'll, there'll be opportunities when they get there and they know it and they know about them. Um, I can tell you that the transfer portal, um, if we did not have the NIL program that we have, a majority of those kids would not have come here. Um, they may not say that publicly, but that's my opinion. Um, and then, then the further, the other thing I'll tell you as it pertains to, and it's not really recruiting, but you know, I think we've got some guys that you know, even like Shannon, um, just not to mention him as, an, as one, but but I think there were some guys that had the ability or the opportunity to to, to leave Iowa and go on to different, you know, to greener pastures or and maybe in, even in the NFL, that came back because they know what kind of NIL opportunities exist for them at at Iowa or at with through the swarm. So I think our roster is quite a bit better. Uh, I know Tom's pretty close to this. Hopefully you'll agree. I think our roster is quite a bit better than it would be if, if our NIL program didn't exist. Let me add this. Um, so last Thursday, I sat down with Joe Evans and, and Cade McNamara and asked them the differences Swarm made in, in, in them. And, you know, Cade gave a very passionate answer that I hope people will, will watch and listen to. Um, but asked, Joe basically said flat out, He's not coming back for a sixth year if it wasn't for the swarm. So, um, you know, and that's going to be one of your key players, a team captain that you've got back uh, because of the swarm. And, and these guys are passionate about it. They love doing it. I, talking to Luke Lachey, he's doing a ton of stuff with like big brothers, big sisters in Johnson County and making an impact. And he loves it. Uh, he's enjoyed it. All these guys have really enjoyed doing things in the community. Cooper DeGene, I talked to him last week about it, and he was super excited about what he's been able to do with the swarm and, and making a difference, like even like delivering meals to to, to people and, and different things that they normally wouldn't be able to do. They wouldn't do these things. And, um, and it brightens the day of a lot of these kids when they go to a school and and talk to them and just or even just playing a playing a, a game in gym class with them is just you know could be uh i wouldn't say life-changing but it, it could be a thing that gets a kid right on the right path and you just never know when that little moment is going to make a big impact on somebody's life and especially a young person so this has been great and I, i'm just so impressed with the the guys and getting to uh you know, in the swarm interviews that, that we're doing, I mean, they're fun because I, I don't, we don't talk a ton of football. We talk some, but we don't talk. It's not like the focus. It's getting to know these guys as people, as human beings. And um, 
and it's fun to to talk to them about their lives and and what it's like uh, for them to play football, but also be a student and be a friend and um, just those relationships. Uh, it's pretty cool. And Lemansky, appreciate the super chat. Just got done joining the swarm. I'm going to try to get spit the rest of this out. Lemansky sometimes uh, speaks in language that's hard for me to read because he's very eloquent. He says, uh, getting my T-shirt soon. Let's meet Michigan at the end of the season and whip Jimmy's blank. Just like the Howland's kick, just like Howland's kick did back in the day. Sac City 2023, go Hawks, class of 1985. We're talking about big years. 1985, a pretty special year in, in uh, Hawkeye history as well. So yes, you, it was. Man, appreciate that super chat. And uh, James, is there anything else? Nope. Good. Uh, have a good night, y'all. And ready for some football on Saturday. And hopefully Minnesota can beat Nebraska tomorrow. Sounds good, sir. Go Hawks. <laughs> Or, or they can or they can both lose somehow <laughs> there you go uh from a football standpoint if you're an Iowa fan you're probably rooting for Nebraska tomorrow is that fair Tom mm, maybe I know that's that's a hard one that's you know that's hard it's hard to root for Nebraska I know <laughs> it's hard for Iowa fans to root for especially They've gotten awfully chesty after last year. The first time they won in like seven years, and they are just the the online Nebraska fans. Just they're a different breed, man. It's they're you think they won the national title last year when they beat Iowa? Well, you feel like they win the national title every year when they're packing seventy thousand into the spring game. And I, the, I will give them credit. Tonight, they've got a packed house for that volleyball game. 91,000 that. fans. That's an unbelievable. That's so awesome. And it's going to be really awesome when there's 40-plus thousand people in Kinnick Stadium to watch Caitlin Clark and the Iowa women's basketball team uh, have an exhibition game against DePaul. Okay, a couple, a couple things here in the chat, and then we're going to take our final brief break and uh, hit some hard-hitting questions. Uh, this is a question I'm going to throw to Tom. Because it's a question from a user. How bad is Joey's injury? Well, Joe Labus apparently is back, but Tom, do you know anything specific about the Joe Labus injury? The only thing Kirk has said is that it's soft tissue. Um, I think it was back, maybe, but he's he is back. He's at practice, so um, it's good. Um, you know, he'll probably it's added depth, and Iowa needs that uh, with with Cade. You know, coming back from an injury, you need as many experienced quarterbacks as you can have and and you know he's won a bowl game you know that's that's something that's impressive so um you know happy that uh joey's back and and ready to play one of the silver linings of 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 Cade's injury was that Cade or that was that deacon hill took a lot of reps yeah um in practice um marco uh, took some as well, but but Deacon was out there a lot. I mean, he's you know I thought his arm was going to fall off. The guys, he was taking a lot of reps, and 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 you know that that could end up proving helpful. I'm hoping not. Again, going back to our earlier conversation, Corey, let's hope that we let's hope that we never have to see him. But it it, it I don't think that it hurt Deacon Hill um, to to spend a, a you know a week or two um, at the helm with the ones and. Um, and, and getting a lot of reps. So uh, I will bring this up because again, this is how the podcast flies. This is how the show flies. But Tom 
recorded a, a preview with with Coach Patterson two days ago, and it got brought up. And I think it's a fair thing to get to bring up. And, and you and I discussed it briefly on the sidelines of Kids Day. Uh, we're not fat shaming anyone or weight shaming anyone, yeah. but the latest uh, the latest data, and uh, this is according to Iowa's uh, roster, and of course the depth chart that was released. Deacon Hill is st- still two fifty eight. Yeah, they won't change that anyway. He's not 258? I think he is. I mean, did you – hey, listen. Donald Trump is 215, so Deacon Hill can't be more than 258. (laughs) (laughs) True. Whatever that means. So, so Tom, you think he's less than 258? I don't know. They they what they typically do, they don't update those weights during the season. They won't update them again until spring. Probably. I'll just say this. This is my opinion, and it actually is the opinion of Coach Patterson because he said that. If he's 258, that's a problem. He ain't well, big Kirk, this Kirk, said, Kirk even said the other day, I've never had a quarterback that big, and, and he wasn't talking about Dan McGuire. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or or, or uh, what's his name? Nathan Nate Chandler. Chandler. Nate Chandler, Chandler was what sixty seven or six seven maybe six yeah, six. Chandler's like six six, and he was probably about two forty, I would guess. Deacon's six three. I know Deacon's a big boy. Um, you know, I'm working. I'm still trying to get the uh, Duncan, like the Deacon Donut uh, NIL deal for him, but we haven't. We have not uh, been able to pull that off yet. <laughs> the Deacon Donut. <laughs> okay, that'd be um, awesome. Right. Yep. It, it hurts I, donuts is hurts donuts is missing out, man. Man, I know, are. right? Have you reached out to to Hertz, uh, Brad? Or no, I, no, I have not. I, I, you know, <laughs> this kid's such a great kid. He came up. He and is a great kid to me last yeah. week. I mean, literally, he came up. To, he specifically sought me out, wanted to shake my head, hand, say thank you for all that I'm doing, and you know, just a really nice kid. I, I, you know, I shouldn't have even made that joke. Uh, he's such a good dude. No, it's yeah. not. I didn't think there's anything wrong. He's two fifty eight. It's, it's public information. It's out there. He's two fifty. He's, he's, he's all of it. He's all of it. I'll yeah. just say this, and with all joking aside, and Brandon brings up the fact that Nate was Nate Stanley was two forty. I, I am just saying we we're laughing about it now. But if Cade at two oh nine gets hurt, and Deacon steps in at two fifty eight, and the line breaks down, and he's a statue like Spencer Petrus was over the last three years, fans are not going to be laughing at that three-digit number. I'm just he's saying so, that right now. He won't, let's put it this way. He's not going to fall down real fast either, though. I mean, it, he's he, he's sturdy. And, um, and let's, let's, Brad, Brad and I will tell you this, too. He's got a big arm. Huge I mean, arm. I was saying it earlier. zip it. I mean, he's he could throw the football. So, um, And I think he's decently mobile. He's more mobile than Petrus. He is. But can I just – and this is the last thing I'll say when we move on from weight. He'd be more mobile if he didn't weigh 258. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? I mean, I, I don't I, 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 I don't think that part is going to change. I think, you know, he is who he is. and um, But but I when I've watched him move outside the pocket, it doesn't – I mean, he, he can move a little bit. I mean, it's yeah. not as if he's – sedentary uh so he, he but he's got such a big arm you kind of I mean, and he loves to throw deep so yeah um 
So, uh, Bob, thank you for joining the swarm. He says he just jo- joined. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Thanks, well, Bob. Good deal. I really appreciate it. I did not put the link in the description prior to going live, but I'll put it in the description. Uh, Brad, go ahead and put a plug in for how people can join the swarm. Oh, yeah. Go to iowaswarm.com and uh, right on the homepage, there's a way there's you can join and become a member. You could eat, or just make a, a one time donation if it whatever, whatever suits your budget and your fancy. Love to have you. Um, again, I think it's it's one of those things in talking to members. Um, they be, you immediately become a little bit more invested, and um, I think you'll have a little bit more fun watching the Hawks, knowing that you're a Swarm member this fall. Um, so, love to have you. You'll get you'll get a membership card, discounts all over town, T-shirts, decals, all sorts of stuff. You get to see Tom's interviews with players. Um, attend my tailgates. I'll buy you beers. It's going to be fun. Tailgates okay. are awesome. Say it again, Tom. Those tailgates are awesome too over at the Marriott. And they're going to be even better because you got swarm beer this year. Yes, there will be swarm beer. When, when do those start, Brad? Oh, uh, three hours before kick at least. This week, it'll be, I think, literally three hours. We're not going anywhere. There's not going to be 6 a.m. Bloody Marys or anything. Okay. Um, I think think it starts at 8. Worst case, 8.30, but I think it's 8 o'clock. So, super chat from James. Appreciate this. But he says, uh, we have Swarm Vodka. Will we see Swarm Whiskey? And that that actually is a question that resonates with me because I'm more of a whiskey guy than a vodka or beer guy. Uh, Do you have an answer to that, Brad? Um, not definitive, but there's, there are discussions ongoing. So, um, I hate to use the phrase, I wouldn't bet against it, but that's kind of, that's sort of raw right now with Iowa football. So I, let's just say, I will see, I, I think there's a, there's a decent chance. Okay. Fair enough. Um, by the way, you could go the whole, I know the swarm is not, we're not talking about bumblebees, but you could use the whole swarm mantra and integrate a honey whiskey and kind of, I don't know, just oh, always, always with the bees. promote, right? Market. If there was enough people that would that I knew that would drink it, I'd probably do anything. Um, I, I, if I was to bet, the next the next swarm item might be water. Well, this this yeah. Saturday we could use that this Saturday at the at the right. Tom, has there been anything? I haven't seen anything. I've gotten any releases. There hasn't been anything about uh, Iowa giving away waters at the game on Saturday, like they have. I think so. I thought I saw something. Yeah, there was something about uh, water bottles. They're going to give ten thousand water bottles away or something. I I didn't. I don't know if the water bottles are full of water or not, but there's something like that. Like the first so many fans that come into the game get a water bottle. I'm assuming there's water in it. Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to be so. 95 is the high on Saturday. Holy 90. cow. Yeah. So maybe. it's going to be uh, 90 in Ames the following week, too. Great. Yeah. Well, September in Iowa. All right. Uh, we are going to take a quick break in order to thank our sponsor, Ascent Nutrition. <clears throat> They've been with us for a long, long time as well. And you probably heard me talk about Ascent. Lance Shuttler is an Iowa graduate and the many products they have available to you. You can start your ascent today by visiting goascentnutrition.com, specifically their new mushroom powders, including their agaricon and their lion's mane mushroom. Both of these products uh, have been tested by great research and uh, have been linked to stronger lung health, immune system health, 
inflammatory response in your body. Uh, both of these mushroom powders can be mixed into yogurts or granolas, juices, smoothies, um, and of course, paired with some of their some of Ascent's other great products like their algae oil DHA, or how about their Ascent coffee, their mold and mycotoxin free coffee, which got to make a part of your daily routine. Be sure to visit goascentnutrition.com. Use the code Hawkeyes at checkout for 15% off your order. And again, folks, if you're enjoying content like this this evening and you're looking forward to post-game coverage this fall and just everything this platform has to offer, please uh, start your Ascent today. Support all of our sponsors, Go Ascent Nutrition and Ascent Nutrition. Thank you to Lance and his team for sponsoring yet another year of Iowa sports here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Okay, uh, let's get everybody the same size. There we go. Okay, a uh, couple things here, and uh, we'll we'll log off. I know, Brad, it's it's uh, going on 1030 out in the East Coast. What time do you get up in the morning to uh, start your actual job? Um, Usually quarter till six. Okay, so <laughs> that's earlier than I get up for my my uh, my actual job. So I just wanted to, to uh, clear that up. And okay. Nancy, Thank you for the super chat. And this is more directed towards, towards Tom. He says, thanks for covering the Hawks. You don't drink like a Hawk, but Brad does. So <laughs> thank you for that, Lomansky. And uh, there's the swarm, the golden ale. Uh, what yep. do you think of the golden ale, Tom? Oh, it's awesome. It reminds me of uh, Big Wave. Big Wave? That's What's that? I don't even know what that is. Kona Big Wave? Beer? Yeah, it's a good beer. You know Proves I'm not a beer guy. Going a big wave. Okay. It's the only beer I drink anymore is Swarm Beer. And that's it. That's it. it. Look, There's look nothing at else. I love you, Tom. I know. I Well, I told Brad I on our family vacation this year, I brought it down to uh, Missouri for my family, and they loved it. So, um, Tom's yeah. now serving it in his, in his wife's restaurant? Yep. We is have it, it at the restaurant. I call it your wife's restaurant. I mean, it's your restaurant, too. but Well... I'm not really involved. <laughs> okay, my name's on some rest. paperwork. My name's on some paperwork. Uh, but go ahead. Anyway, yeah, we've got we've got Swarm Beer down at Cavort in uh, downtown Davenport, Third uh, and Brady Street. If you want to stop by, if you're going to a show at the Adler Theater or something, uh, you can sit down and have a great meal, great chef, and then you can uh, you can have a Swarm Beer with it. I'm just curious. Uh, I'll be going to a show at uh, McGrath Amphitheater in September. Will the, is the swarm available at the concessions ever at McGrath, uh, Brad? Well, I would expect so. If, if not, I mean, we need to fix it. We do need to fix that. Tom, are you a frequent at, of McGrath? Don't know what that is. <laughs> Concert venue right there in the river up in Cedar Rapids. Okay. It, yeah. it, it, we'll we'll check it out. I'll, I'll do some scouting for you in, uh, in a couple of weeks, Brad. And all. I'm uh, the only concert I'm going to see. I'm going to see Pearl Jam in a week. That's that's all I'm going to see. Ooh, good for you. That's not in, that's not going to be Cedar Rapids. No, that's Chicago. Good for you. So uh, Anthony wants to know does, if Brad has any insights into Caleb Johnson's Powerade deal. My guess is no, but go ahead and tell us, Brad. I I I, I actually do, but. You know, I oh, can't. Okay. it's a private deal. Um, sure. These are the kinds of things I can, I can, I can't give you many details. But what I can say is that Powerade's only sponsoring. Gosh, it's it's less than a handful of guys. I it's think six I mean, players. It's not, 
Six, six players. Okay. Well, it depends on if you've got six fingers or not, then whether it's a handful. But um, yeah, so not not many guys. So that's a that's a cool thing for him. And I'm hopeful that he has a big year and this is the first of many. I mean, he's got the when I saw him walk <laughs> in the facility last year before he'd ever played a game, I looked at him and, and I looked at Brian and Brian goes, that's a freshman. I go, oh my. I mean, he, he does not look like, he did not look like a freshman last year. And um, he's, he's bigger this year. And he claims that he has not lost a step. He, he says he's every bit as fast as he was last year and he's 10 pounds heavier. So he could be, he could be in for a huge year. He's got a long stride. Uh, he's deceptively fast and, uh, you're right. He looks the part as a. And I, I, I think his biggest improvement, from what I can tell, he's he's starting to pick up pass protection. I think that was his biggest weakness last year. Um, pass protection was something that I don't think he did much of in high school, no. and 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 so um, I'm sure they just handed him the ball. But uh, you know that was something that he he struggled with a little bit last year. But I think he's improved quite a bit. So that'll be that'll be interesting to watch on Saturday. Uh, we're going to kind of go quick fire on the final few questions here. Brett wants to know if there's any way to get the Swarm beer. I'm assuming he's not talking about Denver, Iowa. He's talking about Denver, Colorado. Uh, yeah, Colorado. From what I understand, uh, Exile is is talking to distributors in 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 Colorado to see if they can make that happen. Colorado is one of those hot spots. I think Colorado, maybe Phoenix, Scottsdale area, Minneapolis. I think Nebraska already has some. On the eastern side of Nebraska, um, obviously the Chicagoland area, um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm obviously lobbying for Florida, but I haven't gotten anywhere yet. So I, ju I just have to carry it with me whenever I go places. What's the hang up with certain areas not being able to get the beer? Because there, obviously there's a lot of alum down in in Florida. Yeah, I think I think the, the way my understand what I'm told, I, I, I don't know the answer, Corey, but what I've been told, and it may have just been a go away, Brad, don't answer, don't ask me again. But <laughs> what I'm told is that you know, Exile has to sell they, they can't just sell direct to consumer unless it's from their facility. Okay. And they can't ship it online. That's like against the rules, against the law, I guess. So they have to go through a distributor. And so these distributors have contracts with the breweries for the beer. And so they would, so exile would have to get into a contract with a distributor in whatever place that we're talking about. And once that contract has been consummated, then, and only then will the distributor be able to, you know, will that place have a chance to get the, the, the alcohol, but the, or the beer, but the, Obviously, the distributor has to feel like there's an incentive for them to get into a contract with Exile. They have to think that there's going to be enough of a demand. Why are they going to waste their time, right? If there's one restaurant that wants it, the distributor is going to say, go pack sand. But if it's something that they think they're going to actually sell a lot of, then the distributor might be interested. So I guess there's it's because of the middleman, I think, is really the answer to your question as to why it's difficult. Sam wants to know how big of a monthly donation would exile need to put the swarm on par with Michigan and Ohio state? <laughs> uh, well, I think it's a different answer for Ohio state than it is for Michigan. I was going to say, um, yeah, a little bit different. Hey, hey yeah. Brad, do you, yeah. do you know what um, August 
total is going to be? Have you heard that yet? Uh, I'll probably find that out tomorrow. But my my foreshadowing, getting talking to RJ, the, the the president of Exile, he thinks there might be a it may it may start with a one, Ooh. a six digit number. Ooh. So that would be really exciting. We're talking about revenue and, directly from beer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For the swarm. And and September is going to be huge with a couple yes. of uh, games. Yeah. At home. Yeah. How much of that do you think? It, what, what do you attribute the uptick in August state fair? I mean, other just other state fair. Things? State fair for sure, and then and then of course the 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 venues around um, Iowa City and Coralville. I mean, High V's and whatever are are buying this stuff up in August to sell in the first week of September, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it'll be recorded as a sale when exile sells it to the distributor. Then the distributor sells it to high V or whoever, right? So the sale will happen in advance of when the consumer buys it, maybe by a week. So um, all of this, you know, all of the beer for, for Saturday's game has been sold already to the distributor. Who's also then sold it to Airmark or high V's or gas stations or whatever. So, but obviously, the more the more that fans buy, the more the distributor will have to get moving forward. Exactly, the distributors say, "I need more, I need more," and then Exile is already starting to to talk about alternative facilities to make this stuff. Um, this is really making me very proud um, as an Iowa grad that we're drinking so much of this stuff. It's amazing entrepreneurial thing because the University of Iowa and the Swarm Collective was the first one to do a beer. Now there's like 50 collectives across the country yeah. doing it. It's like, yeah. and I knew this little was brother, little brother, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing um, that and one of the things I'm looking forward to doing on Saturday before the game, guys, is just walking around the tailgates and seeing people drinking swarm beer. I mean, it's just going to be cool. It'll be interesting to see if anybody shames somebody for drinking something other than swarm beer and Kinnick. I'm not going to condone it necessarily, but if I hear it, I might smile. What's the, do you, do you have any idea what the price difference is like for game day purchase inside the stadium? I, I, I get the impression that it's the same price as the other craft beers. Okay. You know, I think it's, um, it's better. I guess it's going to be, I'm going to guess it's eight bucks for a 16 ounce. If I'm, if I'm, you know, guessing. Yeah. Um, you know, they might be able to get a, Bud Light, Coors Light, Bush Light for six fifty, but you know, or seven. I don't know, but maybe a, they might save a buck if they want to not support the Hawks. So uh, a couple, a couple things here. So um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out where to to best pack our punches here for the last couple minutes. Tyler wants to know about Brad's record prediction for the season. So this will be a good one to hit. Do you have a double record? digits? Double digits all day. We're gonna win. We're gonna win ten plus games. Um, I I, I want to say eleven and one. The actuary in me says ten and two. Okay. If I lose one, that I'm you know, obviously the chalk would be that that we're gonna lose to Wisconsin and Penn State. That's the chalk. You know, that's the chalk. I think we're gonna probably win one of those. I'll tell you this right now: when we go into State College and win the whiteout game. I'm going to be smelling blood at 12. I'm going to be thinking 12 and 0. I mean, really. I mean, we win that one. It's going to, it's Katie bar the door. I'm going to be so excited. I thought you, I thought you were going to say you're going to be smelling like the swarm beer for the next week. 
Ben's here as well. I, 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 you know, in all fairness, um, if we don't win nine plus games, I'll be disappointed this year, and there's no doubt I will be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Given that, yeah, you know, I think that we have we have the players to win nine plus games. I think we'll win ten or eleven. Uh, I'm talking about regular season. I'm not talking about, yeah, you know. And I think we'll win the West. And I. Do, I Brad, do you have a reservation at St. Elmo's for early December on a Friday night? Yeah. Okay. We're doing it. Yeah. Corey, what's your prediction? I haven't heard yours. I, I had 10 and 2, and I and I went with the chalk. I've got them losing to, to Wisconsin and Penn State. But I said when I made those predictions, I wouldn't be shocked if they go to Penn State and, and win. I think it's really hard. to Obviously, historically, it's really hard to go up to Madison and win. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if they win at Wisconsin and lose at home to Illinois. Um, but I, I've said it before, and Tom Tom agreed with me when we recorded a podcast on his show here a few weeks ago. I think eight and four is the reasonable floor, given the, the roster, the schedule, assuming Cade stays healthy. Eight and four is the floor for this team. And you could argue 12 and 0 is the, the ceiling, but 11 and 1 is probably a reasonable ceiling. What's, the, what's more likely to uh, the question for you guys, which is more likely? Seven and five or twelve and zero. Twelve and zero. Twelve and zero. Yeah. yeah. I love you both. <laughs> you I agree with you. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. I honestly think that if we win at Penn State, it's, it's going to be one of those where we're going to look around and going. At that point, we're going to be going. You know what? There's not a game on our on our schedule that we shouldn't win at this point. That's but what Brad, I think. That's, let me just let me let me just pref or not preface, but uh, let, let me just quantify what I just said. That is assuming Kate stays healthy. If, oh, if yeah. it goes down, I I'm not throwing seven and five off the table. Absolutely not. But if he's Absolutely healthy not. from 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 game one to game twelve, uh, I think they're they're more likely to go twelve and zero than seven and five. I think obviously those percentages are so small either way, but. Uh, no, I, I I think they've got a great chance to win ten or eleven games. Do, do you do you guys think we win the West? I, I, I mean, predicted the win the West. Yes. The only reservation I have, if you guys have, I know Tom, you do your due diligence with this stuff. Wisconsin's got a very favorable schedule as well. They get Ohio State at home, um, and and I brought up Illinois for a good reason. They have a favorable schedule. Yeah, they do. Um, and I know people are sleeping on them. They lose Tommy DeVito. They they lose their star DB Witherspoon to the NFL draft. They lost Chase Brown. That dude, that dude could play. Chase Brown. His brother they, could play too. But I have faith in Brett Bielema and what he's doing there. And I would not be shocked if they surprise some people with that schedule, build some momentum. Um, I think they were the best team in the West last year. Of course, they didn't represent in Indy, but uh, – yeah, it's going to be fascinating. The, the schedules align between Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois. I think those are your, my three contenders. Um, I, I think it's going to come down to – my prediction is that it comes down to the final uh, final couple of weeks. It may come down to a game that it came down to two years ago, Minnesota-Wisconsin. It may very well come down to that game, um, just with the, how the schedules are made up. I will say – go ahead, Brad. No, I was just saying, I think, I think Wisconsin is going to lose one early. I think I think when you've got a when you've got a new coach and a new scheme and they're not just yeah they're not, they're not tweaking they're, they're not just tweaking this thing I mean nope. this is an overhaul you know this is a full full overhaul of the engine um, you know I I 
I feel like they may struggle a little bit more than people think, but well, I agree that their schedule is very, very, very. Famous. I will tell you the game to watch for if you're an Iowa fan early on in the year, and I think Iowa fans will be watching the game tomorrow night between Minnesota and Nebraska, but I'll tell you the West game to watch. It's on September 22nd. Does anybody know what that game is? That'll be a Friday game. Yeah. Uh, is it a Friday? Yeah, it is a Friday. You're right. The, the 22nd is a Friday because we play on the 23rd. Wisconsin at Purdue. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That is a, that will be, and, and like you said, Brad, I've said the same thing. I think if you're an Iowa fan, you're hopeful Wisconsin gets tripped up in a game or two. They shouldn't lose early. And that game, that trip to Purdue could be tricky if, if the hype around Hudson card is, is real. They go to uh, Wazoo too. They go to, out to, out to Washington state too. So yep. that's, um, that's always a tough trip, and and I think Washington State got them last year in in Madison. So, yeah. yeah, you know who the you know who the backup running back is for the Purdue Boilermakers in their two deeps right now? It's a uh, Tyrone Tracy. Tyrone Tracy. Yeah, how about that? Speaking about of, that. Uh, you know, there, you know, there was a, a certain assistant coach that told them he should probably be a running back when he came to Iowa. Yeah, that didn't go over very well, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> So speaking of former players, Brandon has a question. I'm going to throw this one to Tom because I don't know the backstory. Brandon says, don't we have an Ohio State walk-on receiver that came with Caleb Brown? Well, first of all, he's talking about, uh, uh, is it Austin Kutcher? Is that his name? Uh, yeah. What happened there, Tom? Can you tell I, us? Uh, I don't know. He just disappeared off the roster. So yeah. <laughs> did, did anybody ask Kirk? Has anybody asked him what's no, going on? Because he's so – it's a walk-on. It's just I like – Kind of, kind of disappears, and yeah, he, 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 he I, I, saw handwriting well, I'm on speculating. The wall. I think, I think he saw that there was a, the, the opportunity that he thought might have been there wasn't there. From the standpoint of, oh hey, they've got wide receivers now. I thought that I that that there was a wide open. There were no wide receivers, but now Iowa has wide receivers. I think he was trying to be opportunistic, and it, you know, may not have worked out. Uh. Acriel uh, has an interesting question, kind of a differently phrased question. Which game are you looking forward to the most? Um, I'll, oh. I guess I'll go first. I'm always looking forward to a trip to Penn State, or I should say a game against Penn State. For some reason, that game, Tom, you and I uh, remember doing a podcast before the 2021 game with you, and we went through like every big Iowa-Penn State game in the oh. last 10 to 15 years. There's something special. It's like that unwritten rivalry. And there's something special about Iowa Penn State games. They're always memorable. Like even the losses are memorable. I think back to 2018. Um, it was yeah. a 2018. Have I got that right? The loss at Penn well, State. Rainy yeah, the game. one, the one with Saquon Barkley at home. I'll, I'll never forget. 2017. Ooh, absolutely. What a game. What a game. 2016. People will remember that game for the the game where they got blown out, and the Iowa comes back the next week and and beats Michigan at home. It's, it's Michigan. Just, it's always a fact. Well, 2004, the the six four game that Kirk got got <laughs> roasted this week for for saying, and and I think people misinterpret what what he was talking about there because there's more to that. That was the week that Kirk lost his dad, who was in Pittsburgh and lost his dad that Sunday uh, after they had played Ohio State and beat him, uh, and and that was that's a we talk about emotional Kirk. Watch, watch him at the end of that game hugging James and Brian and and just you know the the love that those guys were sharing with each other at that moment um, and 
knowing that you know John Ference and uh, Kirk's mentor Joe Moore, who had passed away, I think the previous summer, um, what they meant to him, and you know, I, I remember Kirk saying, "Yeah, I felt like my dad and Joe Moore were looking down that day." So that was uh, it was an emotional day, and then I'll never forget the the '09 game with Claiborne. I mean, I've never heard a hundred thousand people go quiet quite the way they did when I heard the thump of that ball hitting Adrian Claiborne's hands. And we, then, we heard it on TV, Tom. I'm up in the press box and you're, and I think I'm closer to the moon than I am uh, to the field at, at Penn state because it's just, it's such a giant stadium. And you, you know, what's interesting. You, you know, what's interesting. You know, what's interesting about that, Tom, I don't know if I told you this or, or Corey, um, I was talking to Kirk about that game for some reason. And he told me that Claiborne called his own number. That was not a punt block. Yeah. That was not a punt block um, yeah. attempt. That was that was just Claiborne blowing up the guy in front of him and deciding he's going to go try to block the punt, and I'll be damned if he didn't do it. That was not a orchestrated, hey, we're going to try to block this punt. Um, he, he, he did it himself. And it, it generated one of the great all-time radio moments in Gary Dolphin's history as, as the play-by-play -play voice. He ha always has a player on after the game, and he made the uh, unwise decision to have my friend Pat Anger on. And and Gary asked Pat, Pat, what's the locker room like? Pat, of course, says, well, Dolph, a lot of happy naked guys right now. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> Where is Pat now, Tom? He's in Bettendorf, blowing up my phone every day. You know, he's a sworn he's, beer spokesperson, right? He, he, he just record. We just recorded a commercial with Pat. <laughs> oh my god! Awesome. Yeah, he's the best. He's one of the best human beings I know. While it's on my mind, Tom, let me let me give, give a bit of a bit of a somber question. How is Brett Greenwood doing? For for people, what what you can share, what you know, can you share sure. with the fans how he's doing? Yeah, he's doing he's doing really well. In fact, we're um, gonna have lunch with Brett and uh, some guys uh, for his birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Brett's doing great. Um, he's still grinding, still making progress. I still believe in my heart of hearts that someday. There's not going to be a walker in front of him, and he's going to lead the team out of the tunnel. I firmly believe that's going to happen someday because uh, that kid, he's not a kid anymore, but he's, I mean, that guy just, he works so hard, and he's such an inspiration. And that's just one of the things that I want to see someday is to see Brett Greenwood leading that team out of the tunnel because that'll – but you thought that that day he walked out of there with the with the walker with Pat and, and Coach Doyle, oh, oh, man, it was chills. And you, if he walks out of there leading the team, it's going to be electric. And it's going to happen. I thought it was just as cool that he was doing it as it was that Pat was there right there with him. Oh, yeah. And 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 Pat will tell you, Pat needed Brett as much as Brett needed Pat. In the and not in just in that moment, but just. You know, Pat was coming out of seeing the end of his NFL career, and and um, you know he wanted some direction, and Brett gave him that. And you know, just a great story of teammates being teammates, and 
you know, they, they were extremely tight, you know, and before he moved to Iowa city, Joe Conklin was working, working bread out all the time too. Um, you know, my friend, Matt Rokes, uh, was, is his PT that's working with him. So, um, they're, it's just a great, great group of people and a uh, great story. One of those moments that fit that game against Pitt as one of those moments where I wish you could teleport back and no. experience that again, because I, I don't know that I fully appreciated that in the moment. Um, I will say one thing I do remember from that year as well is the, the college game day special that they ran um, in association or regarding Brett Greenwood and how emotional Kurt got talking about that. And if you ever want to go back and find mm-hmm. that, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube somewhere, but uh I appreciate you giving us an update on on Brett because yeah. uh, he's you, you don't forget about people like like Brett Greenwood. Um, maybe we'll uh, maybe when we have that little lunch, we'll we'll send out a little group photo, which is usually always fun. Uh, be awesome, all of us hanging out. James, you know, and I'll tell you this too: Iowa football doesn't forget about him either. Because I, I was at the no. football banquet last year, and and he was he he was there, and and he was honored yep. at the football banquet last year. So. James wants to know uh, what game you're looking forward to this year, uh, Brad. Well, I would say the Nebraska game. I don't like the Huskers at all. The fact that they got us last year pisses me off. If I had to pick one, uh, you know, to get back, I want to go to Lincoln, beat their ass like a drum, and celebrate winning the West afterwards. That that, (laughs) – That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Obviously, the 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 chalk answers are the Penn State whiteout game and going to Madison and and whatnot. But you know, I I will also say an un I will tell you a a game that's going to be really fun that you guys wouldn't be thinking about is the Purdue game. I think it's going to be a night game. So yeah. night games at Kinnick are always just awesome. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion, it's a spe- You know, it goes up a notch when you when all of a sudden we're playing under the lights, and uh, so I'm I'm looking the, forward to that game. The the best answer to that question is is none of the answers that we just gave. The best answer from a game Saturday standpoint, well, well, this Saturday, no, from a game <laughs> experience standpoint, the best answer is a game at Wrigley Field. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that, that, unfortunately, I think that game's gonna the, suck. Well, it's you, you, you know why? Well, I'll tell you why. You, here's something that I found out that you guys may or may not know. I think both teams are going to be on the same freaking sideline. Yes. Yep. How ridiculous is that going to be? Well, like games at baseball fields never really work out that well, anyways. So but think about that. Think about think about how that's going to be. Let's say you're Iowa. You're on. If you're looking at the field, they're on the right side, and the play is down on the other side. the The defense or the offense, whoever it is, is having to look way to the other side of the field to get any sort of play calls or anything. I mean, it's going to be a mess. I mean, just think about that. You think about how that's going to work. It's going to be. Uh... Hey, I just saw. I just saw something by the way in the message boards. Um, uh, Blake Anderson, the Utah State coach, had an interview on like SiriusXM today, and he said they have 59 new players on their roster right now. 59. 
So when he said that he they don't really know what they have, he probably wasn't kidding. He's not kidding. And, 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 and somewhere, and somewhere, Tom, Deion Sanders is going. That's nothing. I got nothing, man. Fifty nine. I got ninety. I got ninety <laughs> new players. Well, and yeah. this is the this is the the fact of the matter with a lot of the and I think Western Michigan. I don't know if Western Michigan's numbers rival those, Tom, but I'm guessing they're they're not far off. The, the the transfer portal we we see it at the top in Power Five football, but it's shaken up every level, probably G five more than any, because you not only have the best players that are moving on to Power Five yeah. locations, but then you have JUCO, JUCO guys coming up, FCS guys coming up. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, yeah, we're going to see this more and more with these these season openers. A lot of unknowns because of the transfer portal. Yeah. So, anyways. Couple things here. Tim wants to know: Can Iowa's defense be better overall than last year? Uh, I think it's going to be hard to be better overall. Um, I, I can tell you one thing: Don Patterson brought up, and he's nitpicking. He says, uh, according to his analytics, the red zone um, defense could be better by the numbers. It could be better, but that is nitpicking. I think they've ended up, according to his red zone metric, I think like fifth in the Big Ten. Um, so there's always ways you can improve collectively. I think it's going to be hard to be better. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's, <laughs> do I think that getting Nick Jackson's going to help relative to what we would be otherwise? Yes. Cause you know, who would be playing if not for Nick Jackson, um, maybe some inexperience. And, and so and Nick Jackson's proven. I think he's going to, he's not, but he's not, nobody's Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell was the Buckus winner. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's going to be tough. But could we – could our defensive line be better than last year? It was awfully good, but it could be every bit as good or better. Like this, but I'm telling you, YA Black is a monster. We've got some – I mean, Craig is, bigger, Craig is bigger and better. I mean, a lot of these guys – Joe Evans is, is Joe Price. Evans. You pen, Joe Evans, you put in pen. He's going to have at least seven sacks every year. He's got, he's they're going to they're going to be on the defensive line. We're going to be really tough. And the good part about that is, if our weakness, I think our weakness is our secondary. Um, not that it's bad, but I'm saying that's our weakness. If you've got a really strong defensive line, they can make an average secondary look pretty good because the quarterback's having to get rid of it quickly. So. I've been selling this that uh, Xavier Wampa is going to make the kind of jump that Cooper DeGene made last year. I hope so. I think Iowa fans are all for that. Yeah, and, and I think I think Aaron Graves. Uh, he, he, you talked about that defensive line. Um, it, by all accounts, and he, the endorsements for Aaron Graves during the offseason have been immense. So I would guess oh, yeah. that he's going to. He has made the jump that a lot of people expected. In fact, uh, who was it that, was, that brought that? I think it was Don Patterson brought up, uh, asked me if I was surprised that uh, Aaron was not a starter because based on everything Don's heard, he's just – I don't know that it really matters because uh, let's remind ourselves that Lucas Van Ness was never technically a starter. <laughs> um, I'm not saying Aaron Graves is the next Lucas Van Ness, but they've got three – as I said at the outset, even without Noah Shannon, they've got three starter-level D tackles right now. They do, and they and they're going to be able to rotate these guys and keep them fresh. Um, 
you know, the, the offensive line on, you know, for our opponent, it's going to be tough for them. You know, they're going to be out there the whole time and these defensive guys are rotating in fresh and, and, you know, these, ish, you know, it's, they're going to, they're going to wear out some offensive lines for sure. So I appreciate the uh, super chat here from Zach. He says, go Brad and the swarm. I appreciate you, Zach. Also, uh, Eric, thank you for the super chat. Eric, your top-notch guests make this show great. Looking forward to another incredible year. Thank you for that, Eric. And looking forward to, as we said earlier, having Tom on. For uh, He was uh, clearly talking about Tom there. No, God, no. Talking about Tom. Brad's, Brad's mayor. He's Brad. mayor of... He's the only man who's more popular than Kirk Ferentz. No, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I will tell you that some of the players, uh, uh, you know, they see me and their eyes light up. There's no doubt about that. They think, <laughs> think I'm carrying around money or something. Yeah. Um, James wants to know, we've got one more question for Brad. Will we get a, a number nine commemorative beer can? Oh, Tyler Sash, yeah. That would be cool, wouldn't it? That's a great idea. Or twenty. I love that. I love that idea. I don't know that. I. I don't know. It's alcohol, man. It's it's. You got to be careful about that stuff. I mean, I was. I, I mean, I wanted to have a vodka Sam commemorative vodka bottle, but that probably wasn't a good idea. Either. <laughs> um, Corey doesn't even know who we're talking about. No, Tom I don't. Oh you don't even God. know. Oh well. I mean, yes. there's some people. There, there is. There is a gal that. The, and her name apparently was Sam. That got it's too much vodka. Too much vodka, and she blew. She went. She ran out onto the field. Is that not right, Tom? To, right, to Tom. A, an Iowa game. And when was got this? arrested? Got arrested. This is way back in the what, early two thousands. Would you say? Yeah. Maybe I want to say it was Maybe. like oh one oh two kind of stuff. Okay. And and she blew a. Some obnoxious, like a point three or something, like some number that's almost impossible. But she was like this really small petite gal, and she blew some incredible, you know, blood alcohol content number. And so people started calling her Vodka Sam. And so, like, she became famous. At I mean, honestly, like it was a big deal back then. And uh, bathroom Lois, how about bathroom Lois? There's another one. <laughs> That's really funny too. Oh God, no, we don't need to go there. But anyway, no, that's you know. But the you know something to commemorate Sash would be really cool. Um, And Brandon wants to commemorate Chris Street as well. You could do non-alcoholic beers, just like two lines of non-alcoholic virgin beers, basically, as commemorative uh, lines. That'd be cool. Uh, Yeah, Chris Street was. I mean, I knew Chris Street in college. I mean, we were. I was a freshman. He was there. Um, oh, knew the guy. Three, 3.341. I, I, I said 0. 0.30, and I was being conservative. Chris, Chris has got our got his facts straight. So uh, yeah. normally, if you blow that much, you're dead. You know, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's it's you're no longer able to. Blow. You can't do anything. I mean, yeah. anyway. Oh, there's Otto. Love it. There's your guy, Otto. Um. Zach wants to know a question for Brad. If Cade and the offense do well this year, do you think it will change the way Iowa utilizes the transfer portal? Will they use it more and more? Thanks for everything you do. I I, I think that Kirk and Tyler and the staff understand at this point that the transfer portal can be a 
weapon to plug holes in their roster, not to plug holes that exist in their roster for one reason or the other. I also will tell you that they don't view that as their primary means of recruiting. This is it's one of those where this is a if we find ourselves in a situation where we have a hole, they you know they'll they'll, they'll use the portal. But it's not what they're trying to do. They want to. They they view themselves as a uh, Iowa as a developmental program, and prefer to to you know kind of recruit them out of high school and grow them up as as, as hawks and, and do it that way. But as we as we all know, attrition and uh, you know things can happen. And I think that this year um, has been a uh, an awakening for the staff to realize that hey. You know, this can be really good for us and and keep us at the standard that Iowa fans expect. You know, Iowa fans expect to win eight games a year or more. I, I don't know. I don't know many Iowa fans. I, I, would you not agree that that's the standard? I mean, I think that any Iowa fan, if I tell you, if I say we, we went seven and five, I think most Iowa fans would not feel that that was a good year. Yeah. Um, they expect eight or more. And, and I think that the transfer portal is is now an avenue to where I think that the staff feels like they can achieve that standard um, every each and every year. I, I'm speaking for them, but that's that's the sense I get. Here, here's the thing. I look at the portal and if they have, you know, players who have success, say Nick Jackson or. Kate McNamara or a Caleb Brown, it's going to attract other guys when they go out to look for places to fill. Now, having said that, I don't think you want to get on the hamster wheel of a quarterback a year kind of thing, because that's what Northwestern's ended up doing. You know, they had Peyton Ramsey and they had a great success with, with him. But after that, boy, it just, it fell off and they've been chasing a quarterback for, three years now, I think, and it's just not been been good for them. And I, I you know, I, I think he, that's where Kirk's more like, hey, we need to develop players in the program. And, you know, a couple of years from now, maybe it's, you know, Marco Lenez or somebody like that that's the, you know, the, the quarterback that takes over. Well, one of the things I'll say that I was kind of blown away by as I'm kind of close to the action and this whole transfer portal thing is that when someone hits the portal, the staff is digging like literally frantically and, and learning as much about this kid as fast as they possibly can. It's like a race against time. Yes. You know, that they're not the type of program that just says, Oh, we've seen his tape. He's good. Let's offer him. You know, that's not the way these guys roll. And there have been players that I'm like, someone hits the portal, and I'll send a text saying, "Hey, we, you know, this guy, he's good. What do you think? You, you, you know, we interested. Been digging since the minute we know he was, you know, he's in the portal. Not, not the character guy that we want. Heard I that had, more than once. And I'm kind of like, had, are you sure the guy's the guy's really good? You know, and it's and it's, you know, and I can tell you that the transfer portal guys they've gotten have all been high-character guys, every one of them. Yeah, I mean, great guys. if you think about it, three of the guys that they got on the transfer portal were captains. Yeah. 
on the team. Jackson, Cade. Jackson, all Cade McNamara. They're all yeah. captains. Um, so, you know, let, me, let me show you. I'll show you a story. Um, I, Tyler Barnes on our podcast recently, and we were talking about that, and he was basically like, you got to be like one of the first five phone calls to these kids to get their attention. Otherwise, they're just kind of moving on to something else. So you got to you got to make a decision quickly and you got to dig quickly. And it's like um, it's like speed dating. You know, it's just it really is. It's like because yeah, those guys want to they're not going to be like the recruit who wants to be wined and dined. And it's a process and everything. These portal kids want to make a decision and get to where they're getting as quickly as they can. And I was going to say, a lot too, of them are, and a lot of them are interested in money. Yes. The one thing that was brought up by uh, again Don on on our show the other day is uh, he's got a former player who coached Caleb Brown in high school, and he said the same thing about Caleb Brown. Really high character kid. So, person may think you know he's an Ohio State kid. He comes in here a lot of hype. He's probably got a chip on his shoulder, got an attitude. No. Um, by all accounts, a- high character kid. And by the way, another high character kid is Seth Anderson. Um, oh yeah, really nice young man. And- He's a pro. He, he grew up in a pro family. His dad was a pro wide receiver. Um, not just not just any pro. Um, terrific wide receiver. Uh, I think he might still have. Does he still have the record? Does he still he have the, the yeah. receiver yet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a pro, and these guys are all really, really good really good people and and so that's even the guys that like you know you take a rusty feth i'm not sure this guy's gonna start for us or not he could he can play um i don't know if he'll start saturday i don't think he was one on the 2d i don't think he was listed as a starter on the 2d no, so probably won't but he could play i mean he's gonna be in that rotate he'll be in the rotation um but i think about it. high quality high character kid was was starting at, at Miami of Ohio, wanted to be coached up by his old coach Barnett, wanted to play for a, a, a big time program, so to speak. And and he's fit in fit in great. Um so you know, a lot of these guys uh are, are really impressive. Tom, is there do you have a, a, a obviously hard for you and you uh have so much contact with all these athletes and you have for so many years, but I'm just curious mm-hmm. Do you have a short list that you can share of guys that you especially are rooting for? Like there's always those guys, right? That you just know a little bit more about this young man's upbringing and their personalities and what they've been through. Is there anybody that you can share? Um, just over the years, guys that I really enjoyed. I'm talking on this uh, roster, people that you know on this on on this roster. Um, boy, that's a great question. Let, let me go first because I've said this before. A uh, couple people, one being Ontario Thompson, his story fascinates me. Sure, um, I talked to him on uh, at media day about his grandmother and his story. Almost quit football. You know, he's an Iowa kid. Um, great personality. We saw him do the the uh, triple cartwheel flip, whatever that was. Yes. Media day. <laughs> media day. Um, Dejon Parker, great kid. Great kid. Uh, very thankful for the opportunity. You know, comes from kind of a humble background in the Detroit area, played at Saginaw Valley, had to earn his way here, nearly went to Virginia. Iowa flipped him late. Seth Anderson, obviously, Brad, you talked about his dad. Seth is such a humble kid and a f- just seems like a fun-loving kid. He just He's just happy all the time. He's always got a smile on his face. Um, Tom, you probably 
kind of get where I'm coming from. People that when you talk to them, whether you interview them in person or on the phone or whatever, they they just make you want to root for them. And and I would give give Kirk credit. This comes back to the culture that he's built. Uh, There's a lot of guys like that. I'll tell you a couple of guys. Jay Higgins, just such a good guy. And um, just just, uh, you know, a lot of guys in his position would have would have stepped out, uh, stepped away, you know, would have went somewhere else with playing, get playing time. He could have went somewhere else and played and he waited his turn. And there's something to be said for that. And he's a good leader. Uh, Logan Lee, uh, just, yeah, I've known him for a long time and just a great kid. I'll tell you, and I, one of the things I, I always ask on these swarm interviews is you're stranded on a desert Island and you, you can have one teammate there. Who's it going to be? And I'll bet you that 90% of the guys have said Logan Lee. That just tells you what you need to know, that he's the guy you want to have your back in a bad situation, and he's going to help guide you out of it. Uh, Joe Evans, just because he's a great story. I mean, just an incredible story. Walk on. It was out of necessity that he ends up playing D-line. They were just out of guys. And... um, you know, he shared that story in the, the Swarm interview that's going to be coming out about just how Coach Wall, they were just like, hey, go put your hand on the ground and go rush the passer. And he found it, and they found something in him. And next thing you know, he's putting on weight. And next thing you know, he's playing football and playing defensive end. And and he's just so grateful to uh, – I mean, he even got you know pretty emotional talking about telling his parents that he got a scholarship to the University of Iowa and, and he's just super appreciative. Uh, another guy that I really like, um, Mason Richmond, just a, just a good, solid, decent guy. Logan Jones, the same thing, just good, solid people that you want to be around and, and uh, really enjoy them. So those are, those are some guys that I would think of right away. I'll share, an, I'll share another quick anecdote on Jay Higgins. Um, you, you think about somebody like that, you know, in a lot of places, you know, you think about it, you're Jay Higgins, you've been waiting your turn, yep. right? And next thing you know, it's your turn, and you're feeling like, okay, you're going to be the star, of the, you're going to be the star linebacker, and Iowa goes out to the transfer portal and gets a kid who's a three-time All-ACC linebacker. You know, and and it's e- it would be easy if you're him to say, "Oh, I was about to become the star linebacker. Jack Campbell's finally gone." What does Jay Higgins do? He befriends this guy Nick Jackson so much so that he invites him. Says, "Hey, you come here. You can live with me. I got a yeah. we got a bedroom. You you come. You be my roommate." Yeah. Talk about that. Think about that. That's Deontay pretty cool. Craig. Deontay Craig and Kyler Fisher in that house. And and so, yeah, with Deontay Craig's dog. Deontay um, Craig's giant dog. Yeah. And so, you know, but that tells you what kind of a person Jay Higgins is, right? You know, he could have been the jealous type and say, no, 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 I, wanna, I want the spotlight for myself. And he's like, no, this is what's best for the team. And you can be my, my running mate and sidekick, and we're going to have to be communicating on the on the field together. Why don't you come live with me and let's become buds? And they're great friends. I mean, it's pretty. That's that's pretty cool stuff. 
Let me add one more and then we can we can move on. We've made the, I apologize to both of you because we've made this podcast a lot longer than I intended. But I just want to add one more because everybody loves a good comeback story. And I love seeing guys who are given second chances that uh, take advantage of those second chances. Jamari Harris has had a, yeah. a, a trialsome career to an extent. You know, he gets the OWI arrest and, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Not going to defame him for that. But then he, he misses basically all of last year due to an injury. He's just been through a lot. And I, you know, speaking with him in media day, maybe he's always been this way, Tom. I don't remember speaking with him in media day the year prior. Um, but he seemed just very calm and collective and humble uh, yeah, when we talked to him. Is that kind of how he always is? Yeah. yeah, he's always like that. He's a pretty quiet guy. Um, but um, he's, he's quiet. He's quiet, but he's also, you know, he, he called me. He, he's one of the few that, you know, when it started the swarm, whatever, and it got him an NIL deal, he says, he says Brad, I, I just want to get to know you. You're doing all of this stuff for me. I want to thank you, but I, I just want to know more about you. <laughs> that you know, but you know, it's like he, he's he just he's so grateful. He's just like I, this guy who's doing this stuff for me. I want to know about you. I want to I want to know more about you. And he's asking me all these questions. And I'm like, usually I'm the one asking the kids questions about them. He's asking all these questions about me. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's a special kid. He really is. Um, okay, so Sam wants to know about the Penn State game. It being early, is that a positive or negative? I've said on the record several times, I think it's a huge positive. And I, I, I say it because of, of one major factor, and that's the quarterback position. You've got a guy at Iowa who's not only the most seasoned guy in this conference, but he's also went to Penn State and won. And Eric all knows what, it's, what it takes to go to Penn State and win. Drew Aller, five-star phenom, does not know, even though he's going to be in Beaverland, right? He, he's he does not know what that experience is like. I, I think advantage Iowa, given leadership at the top, that that game is being played in September. Your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, I think getting them early is probably better. I think Penn State's pretty good, though. I really do. I think they've got a lot of talent. I mean, you know, they may have as much talent as Ohio State and Michigan have this year. I mean, that's. It's going to be a tough game for them, uh, but they've gone up there and won some some big games against Penn State with a lot of talent. So we'll see what happens. I, I you know, I will I will will show up. Let's just say that. And Eric, Eric, you you followed his line of questioning, Tom. He says, "What makes them so great this year? Why is Penn State? Why so much hype around the Lions?" Boy, they've got uh, their defenses really good. Um, the running back room is outstanding. Um, they've got just a lot of talent. They've got one of the best offensive tackles in the country. Uh, if the, the, the only thing holding them back might be their head coach. And he's, he's had the tendency to maybe hold them back. Yes. I know yeah. you're a big advocate for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not a, I'm not a big James Franklin fan. So uh, Brett wants to know a big if here, but if Iowa wins the West, who would they? Who would you like to play, Michigan or Ohio State? I'll go Michigan every day of the week, given uh, a couple key skill position spots that I think can can kill you, especially playing a game indoors. Um, I, I know that Iowa got 
killed by Michigan two years ago. I'd much rather play Ohio, uh, Michigan in any indoor setting, given the skill at wide receiver Ohio State brings to the, the table every year. But they do have an experience at quarterback with Kyle McCord having been named the starter, but I'm guessing he'll fit right into the mold. Brad, do you have a thought on who you'd rather see in Indy? It might be Penn State again. They might get a rematch with Penn State. Yeah, I, I, I would say just because I love Cade so much, I know who he wants. He wants <laughs> to play Michigan. Yeah. So I, I want Michigan just for Cade. Um, so that's that's really what I want, just for Cade. I'll take whoever I can get. I mean, I'm, I prefer Rutgers, if you ask me. I mean, I'd rather play those guys in the Big, <laughs> Big Ten championship than anybody else. But having said that, um, I would say Michigan would be my my first. My, I'd rather play Michigan than Ohio State. Ohio State just, for whatever reason, they always scare me. And I know that 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 Cade and Eric and those guys, we will we won't back down to anybody. I'll tell you, Caleb Brown wants to play Ohio State. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. Sure, he would love to go play. He would love to to, to show to have a big game against Ohio State. I promise you. In fact, I've I've asked him that question. He oh yeah, I want to I want to play Ohio State. Yeah. So, I don't want to play Ohio State. <laughs> I just, but uh, anyways, Connor, thank you for the super chat. I know this is a bit outlandish. If Iowa drops forty plus on Utah State, Penn State better watch out. That happens. I'm guessing Iowa goes twelve and zero. Connor putting the cart ahead of the horse. But what else are we gonna do? Uh, well, we do during on a podcast, yeah. Preseason hype, yeah, on a podcast. So, uh, and and final question of the night comes from South Bend Hawkeye, and I'm gonna leave Tom with this one. Who will James Franklin blame this time when Iowa beats him? The referees. Okay. That's a, actually a fair, reasonable guess from Tom Caker. So yeah. thank you for that, Tom. Uh, yeah. Maybe there was just too much white, too much white out there. He couldn't, he couldn't see where he couldn't, didn't know what he was doing. Anything at all that I'm missing that you, you want to bring up, Tom? We're, we're like I said, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. You'll jump on with us uh, for a few minutes yep. after Kirk's availability on Saturday, and you're going to be doing that throughout the season. So uh, myself and Coach Patterson, Tom Cakert, uh, for Iowa postgame Saturday. Of course, kickoff at 11 a.m. I think it's 11.03 Central Time on FS1 to be followed by Iowa postgame with Coach Patterson about an hour after the show. I'll be there at the game as well, so it'll be a bit of a delay. Uh, you're not coming up for, for the game, are you, Brad? Oh, Yeah. Are you? Are you? Okay. Oh yeah. Well, I've got to put. I've got to host a tailgate. What am I thinking? You're going to be at the Marriott. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll be at the Marriott. I'll be at most games. Um, you're going to have one heck of a post game show with these with you two guys. I mean, my goodness. And, and Donnie P, the star of the show. Mr. Oh, Don. Yeah, he's, for sure. He's the cowboy. So uh, we're we're looking forward to that. And I'm just a, I'm just a brief. Drop in guest. I'm like, uh, you know, when like when uh, Don Rickles would show up on Johnny Carson, he just kind of popped in there and just you know wave and tell a few jokes and. You, you don't know you you haven't you haven't reviewed Corey's age lately, have you, Tom? I know no. who Johnny Car. I know he has, who he Johnny even, Carson. He has no idea who these guys are. I, you don't think I, I know. know who Johnny Carson is? I grew up in uh, Iowa. Yeah, I was gonna bet against it. Hey, you don't know vodka I think it's more about my age. Brad, I think it's my age that we're we're talking about here. Uh, you know? Can I just say you just committed a huge no-no, Brad, because you used the term betting on an Iowa athletics. <laughs> I, I've already I've tried it. I've almost done it a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate everybody being here. We've had about uh, 200 people on at least for the last uh, awesome. last hour and a half. So I uh, appreciate everybody being here even late on a Wednesday night. 
Um, uh, go over to HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, you've got stuff going with uh, with your with your team over at On3. Yeah. Anything to look for over the next couple of days before game day? Uh, I have my game preview up on Friday morning. That's always a, 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 my, my 5,000 words or whatever it ends up being this year for every game. And uh, dropping a podcast, so uh, everybody check that out. We're, uh, we're talking Iowa football, so yeah. You and Matt Randazzo, and of course, uh, I'll have my picks for the week uh, dropping here in the next day or two on the podcast. And uh, again, just plenty of content over the next few days. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing, uh, I'll at least get to see Tom uh, on video. On If I don't see you in person, Tom, I'll see you on video Saturday. Brad, I hope to see you in person Saturday. If not, we'll make it work at some point. Thank you again both yeah. of you for taking the time this evening. And we'll talk to everybody. The next time I talk to people live will be after an Iowa game, so uh, that feels pretty good to say. Hopefully it'll be a victory. Big victory. Yeah. Folks, Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Brad. Absolutely. Hey, uh, great, great to see you guys. Tom Kakert, Corey Bradford from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Have a great night, folks.